nights at 7 o'clock on RazRadioLive.com. It's one of America's most popular radio programs. It's the LRWS. Don't believe us. Just ask Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. People are allowed to be morons. They're allowed to be stupid. They're allowed to think idiotic thoughts. So during your Friday night plans, make sure that you take Lawrence Ross, Thomas Lakeman, and Matt Davis with you. Dumb Florida morons. Make sure you give these guys a call at 941-421-0401. Get off the phone with you, wacky prick. That number again is 941-421-0401. They drive me fucking nuts over here, Chief. It's the LRD. US. You suck! Each and every Friday evening. On RazRadioLive.com. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no insulin. We know. Open it and stick your head out and yell. 
damn it. Here at the Joe Show, we have the finest studios. Where's your studio? Because, like, I'm in a studio now. It has guitars and some kind of UV light that'll fuck your face up if you look at it and turn it on. The smartest, most handsome on-air personalities. Price of Liberty is, is ugly. It's not, it's not very pretty. You're not very pretty. We don't talk about religion. So uh, we're actually God's chosen people. So they are the chosen ones. I know this. I think the Christians think that you killed their savior. And we're always respectful to women. When they invent the perfect artificial vagina, you broads are out of business. Lobster dinners, the diamond market, it's all going belly up. (laughs) (laughs) And smart, well-informed callers. Buzzy, where you? You sound like you're Creole or some shit. Where do you crawl out of Baton Rouge? What's what the fuck, son? I'm from Iowa. Hey, you better watch your mouth now. Talk about Iowa like that. I'm like the donkey like. That's the Joe Show, Thursday, 6 to 9, on Raz Radio Live, Salty Talk Radio, and PopRock80s.com. Just 
RazRadioLive.com It's the first 52 Uncensored, uncut, and live Truth talk with guests that might help you survive It's the simple power of truth Join the conversation See through the lies of the manipulation It's the first 52 Listen up if you want to survive the ride Tune in, the truth might save your life The simple power of truth One word, rock the nation RazRadioLive.com It's the first 52 Oh, that lovely sound we hear every Saturday night at 9 p.m. or a little after 9 p.m. You're listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. I want to thank Shifty, first of all, for putting on such an excellent show tonight. I don't usually come in thanking him, but uh, there's a lot of things going on on his show tonight. And uh, thanks, Shifty. You actually did a good job today. I might not fire you this week. We'll wait and see. <laughs> ah, so here you are, the first 52, RazRadioLive.com. Uh, obviously, as usual, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Um, it's been a very interesting week, that's for sure. I know yesterday a lot of people are still in shell shock over yesterday. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, it's not a normal topic of, of the first 52, but it's, I think it's something we'll, we'll address. Uh, we had a lot of shootings uh, this past week, week and a half. Um, everybody's going crazy on us, I guess. Uh, and we'll discuss uh, some of those shootings um, and what went on there. But it's funny... You know, years ago, there was this report that came out, and I know Brad Friedman talked about this on Thursday with with, uh, Scott Ledger um, on what was once dangerous conversation, the MIAC report. What do we know about the MIAC report? Well, let's see here. The MIAC report predicts that Americans are going to go crazy because they're mad at their government, and they're going to be standing up against the government, and they're going to go out and they're going to shoot cops. And they're going to do shootings, and they're going to do bombings, and they're going to do terrorism. Terrorism. That's what they're going to do. Well, what do we see happening? Exactly what they predicted, or exactly what they want to happen? Is this all part of their plan? 
that they put these you know we always see these reports and these these things that come out talking about oh you know we got to worry about these extremists and that extremist and then we always see it come to develop with help from other sources usually nine times out of ten we'll see other sources uh, that, that are involved in this uh, so if you've never heard of the MIAC report is the MIAC report. It's a report that was done by the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, for Missouri. And we know the, the apparently the Southern Poverty Law Center is no longer working with the FBI. Uh, <laughs> isn't that a funny thought? No longer working with the FBI. You know, I was, I was watching earlier today. I sat down and I was watching a movie. One of my favorite movies, uh, um, Hunt for Red October. Love that movie. I know it's an older movie. But as you're watching it, you're watching, you know, the Russians lie to the Americans, the Americans lie to the Russians, and then towards the end, um, they're setting up to take the sub, you know, secretly. And they, they drop a torpedo in the water, and the, the torpedo's going after the sub, and the guy's counting down the yards till it's at the sub, you know, 500 yards, or 600 yards, 500 yards, 400 yards. And at 400 yards, uh, James Earl Jones, the character he plays, I forget what character he's playing, some some guy, he leans over and pushes this button. The torpedo explodes. And uh, the guy looks up at him that's at the controls, and he, he goes, as far as you're aware, that torpedo made contact. And he op- pulls his wallet out, this, this ID thing. He opens it up, and he goes, and I was never here. And he closes it up, and he walks away. And it just, how, you know, this is what they do. I know you all think I'm crazy for saying movies, you know, simulate what's going on in the world or, or tell us what they're about to do. But I really do believe that. And and these things, they don't just make this stuff up. They have to get the idea from somewhere. You know, where does that idea come from? Well, maybe it's because the U.S. government's been doing that kind of thing for years. That could be where they get the ideas from. Uh, so that's one of the things we'll talk about, not Red October, but the shootings and, and what are these things done for and why are they happening. And we'll talk a little bit more about the, uh, the MIAC report. Cause it's an old story. It's from '09. But we see these reports. There's newer ones that come out all the time. I couldn't remember any of the newer ones, uh, but I, I went right to this one because I know Brad talked about this one. You know, we went back and forth, Brad and I, about whether he might come on tonight. He never really answered me, so he may. Who knows? Uh, I know Lexi's not super excited about that. And speaking of Lexi, sitting to my right is, of course, my wonderful wife, Lexi. Good evening. You ready for some fun tonight, honey? I am ready. I hope nobody ruins it. See, why did that happen? <laughs> what is going on here? See, I, I'm still having issues here with, with specific things, and I don't understand why. But as soon as I turn that on, <clears throat> our levels go down, and I don't get that. Dave, you there? I am here. The four-toted one himself, coming to us from that beautiful area of Tampa. And I have a special mystery guest here. Yeah, secret people in the room. We, dun, we, dun, dun. we don't know if we really want to tell you or not, but we'll see. We might tell you who it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of my lead-up? It was long and boring, just like the intros. <laughs> oh, shut up! You're such <laughs> no, a no. Actually, ass. well, I kind of the, one of the things that I don't believe is how they have to show us. What I think it is is that you know, let's say Ian Fleming, the guy who, does, who did James Bond, he was actually you know. Uh, he was in the British Army. He was an intelligence officer. Right. So he kind of knows these things, and that's how he wrote about it, because he, he was in there doing that shit. Um, so maybe the movies are a little bit conjecture, a little bit, you know, based on uh, somebody tipped them off, or maybe they bought a manuscript from some guy that was in the, the military. So I do think these things are based on, you know, 
real thing. While 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 the events might not be true, but the basics, the basis of it, like you know, uh, Russian people, Russian commander thinking that this new sub, you know, this silent propulsion sub, is is nothing. It, it's going to ruin, you know, the world because it's going to make uh, you know Russia the the, the supreme leader, um, and they would give it up, you know. Maybe maybe something like that happened. Maybe it wasn't a real sub. Maybe it was you know it was a tank or a code or. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily talking about the sub itself. I was more talking about the the secrecy way of doing things. The yeah, way yeah. Oh, he, I, you know, I totally buy into that. Yeah, I was never here thing. You know, I yes, you, you're gonna you're, the the official report is gonna say this. Meanwhile, something completely different happened. I I fully uh, believe that. Yeah, and we see that all the time with. Uh, you know, w- let's get some videos. You know, uh, we have video from the Columbine shooting in 1998, but we have no video from the Sandy Hook shooting. We have no video from the movie theater shooting. We have no video from 9/11. We have no video from. I mean, do I need to go on? We have no videos no. from any of this stuff. Right. The only video that they want to give you is like the video that we have of the of the two people uh, in Vegas pretending. I, I you know what? I didn't really watch the video, but it didn't really look like they were shooting each other. You know? No, I've but seen some, something look wrong there. Yeah, I saw some things on. I, I didn't watch the video yet either. I did see it go by, but I've checked out some of the comments. Some people saying they didn't really see any right. smoke come out of the barrels, uh, different things like that. I haven't looked at that. Uh, but that that one there uh, is one of the main ones I, I do want to touch on tonight. And I called Rob's show last night about this because it, it's such that shooting specifically is such a uh, such a direct coalition to the the Mayak report such a direct um example to to these things we talk about how i'm not saying it's mk ultra uh you know one of the first things that popped in my head is why do they go shoot these cops and go to walmart why wouldn't they have uh you know gone somewhere else were they going to walmart to meet their their handler you know and and, and things went wrong yeah. because that guy was there you know, and why did the guy the guy that shot John Lennon? Why did he go to the corner and start reading a book? Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, you don't know. Could, it was so easy for him to get away. There was a subway station on the block. There were Central Parks across the street. He could have disappeared. Nobody, but he just stayed there and waited for the cops. Yeah, and those that, two probably could have disappeared. That is that is MKL. That's MKL. Oh yeah, that's almost proven at this point in time. That one in uh, Sirhan. Was that Sirhan Sirhan or is that Sirhan Sirhan? Sirhan? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that, uh, RFK. Yeah, yeah, I think that one's pretty much proven too. You know, bullets all over the place. You know, so we see these. Why don't things. you ask? Why don't you ask the special guest what well, he thinks about a topic? I was. Gonna, he's he's got to go soon. I know. He's, yeah, he's got a timeline here. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I wanted to hear his opinion on the lead up there and and what we're seeing this past week, week and a half, as far as these shootings and things. Honestly, I stay ignorant to most everything that goes on in the news. <laughs> You know, um, and he's happier for it. You know, <laughs> I really, I really am. You know, I, I've I've remained ignorant for the most part for the last year, just at a choice because I needed a break from everything. So I have ignored the internet for the last year and, for the most part. And I'm sure everybody has figured out who that voice is by now. <laughs> he, Tweet it out. He's been on a show with me before, uh, actually live in studio with me from Jacksonville once. And he's all, he's been a very big contributor uh, to all the the stations that we we all are, are involved with. Um, there was a point in time when no matter what show I was listening to, you'd hear him, and it he didn't would, matter. He would call in, right? It, it didn't have to be I O. It could have been a terrestrial show. Right. It could have been anything. And, and not only that, he he'd call in with wind in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're giving it away now. <laughs> I, I'm sure Kevin's tweeting out exactly who I am. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin Harris. 
Kevin the sticker guy. Um, so, yeah, well, I, and I get that, Mike, because I kind of went through that this past six months myself. I, I, I don't feel I've been doing uh, the best shows that I could be doing. I feel they've been good shows, but I, I've kind of... Uh, I've kind of did that same thing. Yeah, you know, I kind of, I mean, I still talk real heavy about stuff, and, you know, I'm still doing my segment with Shannon, and, um, I, Not I still, more. What's that? Well, you, you, Not doing a segment with Shannon anymore. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I'm going to miss that segment. It's, it's not that you're going to drop your ideals and your beliefs. It's just, you, you've, you've got to, uh, some of us have to take a, as Scott would say, you'd have to take a, a larger reset than just, you know, going out watching a movie or going having a beer. Um, <laughs> that's why I just haven't been able to get off the reset button yet. Yeah, and it's, it's he, hard he's to. telling me, he was telling me earlier uh, that he no longer listens to any kind of talk radio. It's all like comedies. I was like, so, you know, a year ago you're driving down the road real pissed off at all the shit. Now he's driving down the road all happy. You know, I, 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 for, as far as I was concerned, if I was him, I wouldn't go back to listening to talk radio. I, I, I tune into the talk radio shows here and there. It's just most of the time my mind is elsewhere and it, it, it's on the road, it's on work and, and I'm looking for a distraction to get me off of serious thought. So. Yeah, and that's, you know, I, I've been doing that a lot with IO. Um, listening to Radio IO, I kind of changed my pattern when they went to the daytime schedule. So I have a feeling, uh, everybody's going to hear a little more of the old Sean coming up here soon. Cause I'm going to be listening to a lot of other things. Cause those of you who don't know yet, which, uh, if you're a radio listener, uh, and, and you're listening to us, more than likely you're, you're a Bubba or a Shannon Burke fan or a Scott Ledger fan. Um, no more for for at least the second half of that conversation. Uh, no more on IO, right? Yeah, our buddy Scott Ledger and, and Shannon Burke uh, both are no longer with IO. IO is uh, who knows what they're doing. They're still going to be broadcasting, um, but it, it's a sin to see good people like that um, get a shit deal, which is what I think that was. I understand money. I understand uh, finances, uh, and and it's the way it goes. I, I have down. to thank. I have to thank JJ for backing me up on this because uh, he posted um, that he had heard me talking about this two years ago. We were at the Rebel Link show two years ago. I was saying to Scott, I was like, listen, this shit is going to end when the EE is up. And I was like, Radio IO is not going to last very long after that. And it turns out I was right. Yep. I, and I said the same thing. I figured March we would, it was going to be done. And uh, You know, that, that, that sounds like some conversation that some people may have had in 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 secrecy on the interwebs too. Uh, well, just, maybe some people might have had that conversation, Mike. It's possible. All the information's <laughs> out there. Like I was reading up on the stock on the message boards um, about the stock, and I, I got to watch all the shit. And you know, Tom Bean's a fucking criminal, you know. If you if you if you actually see what he and if you look at the stock, this uh, this thing that I I, I actually posted one of them uh, in the Red Pill page. And they did a reverse, they did a 100 to 1, I think, reverse stock split, and they changed the name, and didn't, you know, somebody actually, somebody else mentioned on the Red Pill page that um, they had gotten, I think they just signed over all the content to Radio IO. Because I think, I'm not sure, but I thought... Uh, no, that's discussion you and I can have. Bubba. But yeah, yeah, we'll have some, it's, I know where just, you're going with that, because yeah, I have the same idea. Up, man. Yeah, I, I have the up. same thought with that, and, I, and I'll have that talk with you off air, because I, I, I'm following you. I'm tracking, trust yes. me. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll move along. But I, I want to, you know, wish those guys the best of luck. I, I know, I know a lot more than I can talk about. 
Um, so just sit tight. Shouldn't even say that. Shouldn't even say that. <laughs> just sit tight, guys. You will uh, you will hear from these guys again. So just sit there uh, and sit I, tight. I, I, I'm sure that, especially uh, I don't know if anybody noticed. I noticed that you know when I talked to Dave earlier about him picking me up, um, and he told me about what happened with with uh, the shows, and I went to Red Pill. I noticed that there is a uh, a Kickstarter going up for a. Dangerous conversation show. No, that's actually not public knowledge yet. Well, it's, no, it's, it's on Facebook. It's, more of a, it's on Facebook. It's, it's they're they're of, talking about doing it. It's, it's not, not official, right? Yeah. I would look into alternative, like GoFundMe or something like that. Yeah, um, Kickstarter's the, a rough the, one. The Kickstarter's on the DC page, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what I mean. It's on, it's out there. It's, it's, oh, okay. it's known. They've been posting it all day. Yeah, uh, Shifty talked really... about it earlier. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So it's, so it's more than common knowledge, all right. Yeah. And I think what they're trying to do is just, uh, be able to, to come back and do the show. And I, I hope it works for him. You know, I'll support him if it's feasible, if it's doable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see even if if Ledge goes out and gets a regular job with with the terrestrial station. You know, whether if it was doing Buccaneer Radio or whatnot, I think he he's been doing the show long enough that he he would have to do an internet show on, you know, just so he can still get a regular what he's been doing for the last. Four years. If I was Scott, if I was Scott, I wouldn't even take a fucking day off. Monday morning, at whatever time he chooses, I would go on live for three fucking hours. Yeah, and just start, just boom, do it. Got the option to do that. Whoever, you know, just go out there and do it. Yeah, but he's got to have the equipment at home, and he does. He does. Well, actually, he gave a lot of stuff to Ben. Uh, I'm sure he could probably do it at Ben's house. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, Ben. All that equipment Ben's got, for the most part, except for the board, I think, is Scott right. and the mic he bought. So, uh, yeah, you can just go over there. He's got the studio already set up, or you know, he's got more equipment. So, if he wanted to do something, he'd be always welcome here, and and he knows that. Yep. Yeah. Should he can come to my house and do it, and just you know, I wouldn't even have to be on it. Just he could sit here for three fucking hours and do his thing. You yeah, know? absolutely. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, you we just will have to go lock yourself in the bedroom so you don't wind up arguing with him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like I would leave. <laughs> like you could stay here, do what you want. I'll get you a beer. There's only one mic. It's your show, man. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys informed and abreast of what's going on as we learn things, uh, as things can be let out and talked about. Uh, it's going to go forward, and it's going to be what it is. So uh, all we have to say is we wish those guys a lot of love. A lot of respect and a lot of uh, support, uh, and and make sure they know you guys support them because they are good guys. Both of them um, have been a big part of the growth of of Raz Radio, uh, the the birth of Raz Radio. Ledge helped you know bring this. Ledge gave me the uh, the drive and the ambition to want to do this. So you know, and then Shannon helped with the promotions as well as Ledge uh, and all of IO. Uh, so. Yeah, but but honestly, it is you know Ledge's show that brought us all together. It is, I mean, yeah. We all, yeah. Listen, but but it was it was that it was the Facebook page where we all started to be friends. Uh, yeah. Well, know? let's 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 be real honest here. What brought us all together was the main man, which is Bubba. That's really what brought us together because none of us would have met. No matter how much hate anybody wants to spew or say about Bubba, and I don't, I don't. It doesn't matter. He he's what brought. I understand. Us, I understand. You know? I understand. And, yeah, yeah. and I wasn't saying you, but this goes back to when Shannon the first time there was an issue a couple weeks ago, and everybody was attacking Bubba. You know, Bubba Army developed the Burke Brigade. The Burke Brigade is part of the Bubba Army, so mm-hmm. it's infighting, just like we see in the in the movements that we're in. We're going to get into that tonight too. Cause I, yeah, which relates to the shootings. Adam yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I didn't really. I know Chris Cant. Uh, Chris Cantwell has been 
spewing some stuff or talking some stuff. I haven't really seen what side of the fence he was sitting on. Cause He's been getting kicked out of everywhere. He got kicked off a cop block. Uh, he, like, no, he is now like persona non grata. And it, you know, the thing about him is whether he's right or wrong, he's never changed his tune. You know, this is not, this is not unknown shit to him. You know, that he, he's spewing about, you know, right. When it's time to kill a cop. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but I do want to say, you know, the mystery guest, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, is Trucker Mike. I was hoping he was going to be sticking around a little longer than that, but I know he's going to have to roll out soon, so I wanted to make sure we talked about who it was that was sitting there. <laughs> I was just going to let it go. <laughs> nah, we got to let, let it know. Let people be like, yeah, well, I'm sure everybody knows anyway. Yeah, like I said, the voices, the, the clues we gave. We get some good clues. All right, so let's talk about some topics here. Uh, let's go back to All the right. shooting here. Uh, the Walmart shooting, or the uh, the pizza shooting with the two cops. <clears throat> Uh, a lot of people have come out, you know, Adam Kokish, I wish I had the audio clip of that, uh, what he said, uh, because I think what he said was meant to, I think it, I, I think what he was trying to express wasn't expressible, um, because I get what he was saying to a degree, but I can't stand behind that because part of what I believe in is that, uh, you know, the non-aggression of pol- policy, the non-aggression principle. Right. We should not be using violence to stop violence uh, or to stop right, this whole mess that we're in. See, here's the thing about the non-aggression principle, right, is that it, that's also very subjective. People think that, you know, uh, it's okay to act on somebody when they're acting on you, you know. Right. Like, like, say you start a fight with me, I, I could fight, I can, you know, defend myself and fight against you. But let's just say you're doing something... Like, like law enforcement is doing all these things, and it's and it's the concept that you're fighting. It's not the actual two cops in, in the in the CC's pizza. Right. It's the you know law enforcement uh, concept that you're fighting, and you can go after that. And I, I I don't I don't believe in that either. I think you know I think it's fucking cowardly to shoot anybody, no matter what kind of clothes they're wearing, whether it's fucking police uniform or you know fucking shorts and a t-shirt. It's just it's wrong to kill somebody like that. I, and I agree. You know, they were they were humans. They were human beings. Uh, they have families. They have possibly kids, wives, brothers, aunts, girlfriends, uncles, and girlfriends. Wives. Right? Yeah, whatever. And that you know what? That doesn't make that doesn't mean they need to die. And I'm sure. Right. Well, I'm not even sure. I don't want to say I'm sure, but everybody does something wrong in their life. I'm sure at one point in time in their career, um, they might have pushed a little too hard or or stretched the law a little bit too much or maybe let somebody go that that shouldn't have been let go right whatever it happens to be it's not these two people's uh job to be judge jury and executioner right you know, exactly that that is very anti the american way you know well and of course is, these people you know and going along with the Mayak report and what i was trying to say there uh you know these people made sure to be seen and heard for a couple months prior to the shooting um which, which is another thing that raises questions in my mind. You know, why? What? Wh- I don't know. I just don't see me doing that. I, I, I just, and I know there's crazy people out there. I, I, I get that, but I would not go shoot two cops. And I believe in 98 percent of what those two believed in. So it just seems like it was very well orchestrated, in my opinion. Uh, that's why I kind of question whether it's real or not. And it, it has caused a lot of turmoil within the freedom movement. You know, little air quotes there, guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've kind of uh, disassociated myself, should I say. I don't want to be uh, in any movement. I don't want to be uh, 
anybody in, in reliance of anybody else uh, to give me ideas or direction. Uh, and it's been a couple months that I've felt like that. So, you know, moving forward, uh, I support what the truth movement stands for, what the liberty movement stands for. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to just support any one individual. You know, I loved Adam Kokesh for a while. And Lexi and I were talking about this when we met him at D.C. is, is kind of when she started losing um, her belief in him. Uh, and, and whenever... I was so excited to get to meet him uh, just because I enjoyed him so much and, and his sort of presence and the, and the way he put things together. But in person, it, it, meeting him in person, it's very different. Like he does... It, uh, to me, at least, he didn't carry himself the way I thought he would. Not the way I expected yeah, he just didn't feel personable, and in fact, I kind of like just got this sense of like, whoa, I don't like this guy, like extremely suddenly. Right. Just, mm. Well, he stole my mic, you know. Well, it wasn't <laughs> that. I don't know. There was something really standoffish, and mm. well, and, and speaking of Adam Koch, and and I started uh, uh, when he did the whole gun thing in D.C. Although I agree with what he was doing, um, there was too many too many things with that as the whole thing progressed that just made me question that whole story and, and his whole thing in general, him, him, it made me question him. So the reason why I really bring him up other than this, this thing he said about, you know, Oh, there's a comes a time to kill the cops and you know, they should have been killed, blah, blah, blah. Um, I guess last Thursday, uh, gun right activist Adam Kokesh, who was convicted of drug and gun charges Thursday in Fairfax County Court, did not contest the allegations, but he called the raid that led to the, to his arrest a political press persecution. Kokesh, 32, entered an Alford plea in circuit court to two felonies related to his possession of hallucinogenic mushrooms while possessing a gun. In an Alford plea, the defendant does not admit guilt, but acknowledges that prosecutors have enough evidence to obtain a conviction. Kokesh faces a maximum of 15 years in prison when he is sentenced in September, uh, September 5th. Kokesh was arrested in July when federal, federal and local authorities raided the Hardin home he shared with other activists. Pros, prosecutors said Thursday that police found 10 guns and drugs, including LSD, marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, and mushrooms. Kokesh is a Marine veteran of the Iraq War, gained notoriety uh, by posting online a oh, video. Hold on. Yes. Notoriety. Oh, notoriety. Thank you. Drink. Wait, can I mention? Can I mention something before you go on? Sure, go ahead. Now, we knew we know of people, and we've interviewed people that were in that house at the time of the raid, and he knew he was going to get raided because he knew what he did, and he he specifically emptied everything out. So the shit that they're talking about the drugs is a plant. Well, yeah, we've talked about that uh, again when we interviewed. Uh, who I don't remember who we had three people from the house on that one right. night. Um, very shortly after the raid, I don't remember who it was. I know one of them is no longer involved with Kokesh. Right. Um. So yeah, not not that I think. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, let me finish reading here. Kokesh, okay. a Marine veteran, a uh, Marine Corps veteran of Iraq War, gained notoriety by posting online a video of himself apparently loading and racking a shotgun uh, in the district's Freedom Plaza on July 4th. Less, less than a week before the raid, the gun used in the video was one of those recovered from his home. Well, Dave, then if they recovered that gun in his home, wouldn't you think he would have removed that also if he knew he was getting raided? Just going back to what you said. No, well, because in Virginia, those, those guns were le legal. They were legal for him to have. That's but, why he's not. But you if know, you know a raid's coming based on something you did, wouldn't you remove that one item that could possibly be connected to what you did? 
No, well, th- the thing is, is he wanted to go challenge it in court. All right. See, that's that's what some of these activists do: is they try to they do something and they try to get it. Uh, they try to get its day in court. That way, you can challenge things, you can bring up evidence, and you can challenge and at least have some sort of official ruling. And also, this is when you could you can you could cha- challenge the the validity of the Second Amendment. Because it says Congress shall make no law, but yet there's twenty thousand laws. Well, if you're going to go out, if you're going to go out and do something like that with the intent of getting arrested and having the chart, you know, do this in court and deal with this in court, shouldn't you really have all your fundings together before you go get yourself arrested? If you're going to get yourself arrested, not well, go get arrested and then have people raise money for you. There's more to that. He actually had an insurance policy for just for getting arrested, and I heard this controversy as well. And they, they, they were. They had an insurance policy to get arrested for getting arrested. Yeah, yeah. he had he had he had an insurance policy that that covered the arrest, a lawyer, and all kinds of stuff. And then the guy that that set that up, I think, backed out of it, or I think that's part of the that was part of the post arrest um, gossip as well. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I don't know. Uh, so he goes on to say, we will not be silent. We will not obey. Kokesh said in the video, we will not allow our government to destroy our humanity. We are the final American revolution. See you next Independence Day. That's obviously what he said in the video. In January, Kokesh was sentenced to probation by a D.C. Superior Court judge after pleading guilty to gun charges related to the incident in the district. In response to a judge's questioning Thursday, Kokesh said he had deliberately made an act of civil disobedience by creating the video, but he said he had not anticipated that it would lead to the raid on his house in snow, on his snowflake court home. So that just killed what you just said. That was his, that was his quote, huh? That was his quote. Okay. In response to the judge's questions Thursday, Kokesh said he had deliberately made an act of civil disobedience by creating the video, but he said he had not anticipated that it would lead to a raid on his home. Okay. So that wiped out what you said. So, again... See, well, that didn't wipe out what I said. It wiped out what somebody else, what somebody else said. Right, exactly. So, again, we, we don't always get both sides of the story. Did he say that to that person? Because I know we talk to some people that talk to him a lot or used to talk to him a lot. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's where I, I kind of question... I kind of question where he really is, you know, and, and that's what started up when this all started in my head. Uh, he said he had been singled out for political purposes by authorities, pointing out that his roommates had not been charged. Uh, as an activist, Kokesh, yeah, which is another good question. Uh, I don't know if he owned the home, if they rented it, but if there were drugs throughout the house or even in a safe in the basement, wouldn't everybody be charged for that then? Unless he admitted that he it was his? Correct, and he, you know, he is an, he is skilled at getting arrested and not saying anything. Yeah, you know, so. that's why that's why NA Poe was out in a while, you know, like a couple of days, and Kokesh stayed in for a couple of weeks. Yeah, because he didn't he didn't talk. And this is this a couple weeks, a couple gun, months, Dave. No, this is before the um, the gun incident where the, it was the uh, the, oh, the smoke out. In, yeah, yeah, the in, smoke in, out. In its park. Yeah, so uh, let's see here. As an activist, Kokesh has called for the overthrow of the government by whether, whatever means necessary and an end to the Iraq war, and he has advocated a range of libertarian-leaning causes. Kokesh, has also, Kokesh also hosts an Internet show called Adam vs. Man. Uh, when asked after the hearing why he felt that he was a victim of political persecution, Kokesh said only, Americans, America would be wise to understand the difference between punishment and justice. So I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered on all sides of this, including from him. Uh, he might be going to jail for 15 years. We'll find out on September 5th. Yeah. He's definitely well, going to be going somewhere, it sounds, though. 
You know he's in L.A. now, right? No, I didn't know that's where he was now. I, yeah. I don't follow him anymore. I just really don't. Uh, I don't. I don't follow him either, but I, you know, I kind of know of him. I, I, I still think, I think he's out of anybody. I think he's got the most balls. Him and Larkin Rose have the most fucking balls. And you know, Larkin Rose did time for you know tax uh, evading. And actually, here's a little piece of a tidbit. Go look out. Go look up. When is it time to kill a cop? And it was authored by Larkin Rose. I read he says that. The same, he, he says the same shit that fucking Chris Cantwell says, but yet Larkin Rose, because I saw Larkin Rose at um, uh, Porkfest, he's still out of Porkfest. Free State Project still loves him. I don't know if he's you know if he's associated with all with cop block, but I think well, that's another tangent that that that, that they're like focusing on Cantwell. Meanwhile, everybody else is doing the same shit. Now, I don't I don't agree with their message, but I I disagree with how they you know, they're not unilaterally. You don't agree with whose message? I, I'm not, I don't agree with Cantwell's message about you know being violent. You know, towards somebody that that didn't aggress on you. You know, uh, and I agree too. And I was going to ask, and I haven't listened to the audio yet, but I did read through some threads and some articles and things that were basically discussing that Adam had said that those cops deserved it, and that really this couple that did the shooting. Um, or the victims in the situation that they shouldn't be um, looked at the way that they are because they did us a public service by eliminating two officers that could potentially kill hundreds of other people, like civilians. And, and I am in total disagreement with that. You don't just walk up and shoot somebody that's sitting there having lunch. That doesn't make sense to me, cop or not. Yeah, that's not, you know, you know, and when, when you talk about, when Dave's talking about when is it time to kill a cop, in that article that, that he's, or that story or whatever it is that he's talking about, I did read through that a long time ago, so I'm trying to go off of memory, but basically it's saying, you know, if, if they are infringing on your, your safety and your rights, you know, it is legal in some states to shoot a cop coming in your house if they don't have a warrant. And you'll get off. There's, there's case law on that yeah. where somebody had, you know, no knock raid that that was on the wrong house. Well, and it should shot. be that way. <laughs> I yeah, mean... but it's not. That's see, look, there, there, I have this 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 argument with myself all the time because, on one hand, you know, the cops, you know, as I see it, law enforcement is really fucked up. You know, they they they're going after the low hanging fruit. They're making everything a crime just so that they can go um, get more budget, get more toys, and get more pay. You know, they're not going after, you know, the the people that are really fucking this country up. They're only going after the people that are that are, you know, peaceful for the most part. You know, not a lot of people that have had, you know, things stolen or whatever, um, actually got them back. And they don't you know, if something gets stolen in, in your in your house, they don't there's no way that they have they don't spend money on property crime prevention. They spend money on catching people that smoke weed. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's to me that's bullshit. That's just a, that's that's the cops doing the least amount of work, and they're they're fucking over nonviolent people and people that aren't hurting anybody. And, you know, all of us here within this you know that can see me, um, we all smoke, you know, for the most part, or we have or whatever, and we know that it's not. I mean, I'm smoking. I'm I'm 46 years old. I've been smoking for 32 fucking years. Right. Do I is there something wrong with me? Am I the guy that sits around doing nothing? I, I'm, a, I'm a fucking high school dropout, but yet I went to computer school and I made a really good career out of it. I mean, you I'm are smoking pot almost the whole time. You are kind of a guy that just sits around and does nothing now, though, Dave. I mean, well, now not for nothing. But I don't smoke pot all day. I only do that at night, <laughs> just I hate for medication. To do this. 
What's up, uh, Sugar Mike? I have to go. Oh, brother. Right is here, and uh, I go go mute my mic. Go do your thing. I got to open the door for them. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Father's Day. So happy Father's Day, and uh, it was good talking to you all again. Yeah, you too, brother. It's nice hearing from you. Have a good Father's Day. So there goes Trucker Mike. If you didn't realize who it was, it was Trucker Mike. And if you didn't realize who it was, you've been living on a rock somewhere. Uh, we will uh, be looking forward to hearing from him again in the future, I'm sure. Uh, maybe now he'll come out of his little hiatus and, and get back involved again. So we will have to wait and see what happens with Kokesh, um, with these shootings, with everything going on. Uh, I think everybody just just needs to take a breath. I don't mean stop talking about what we talk about, but... You know, yeah, you really have to protect yourself. You really have to, you have to just worry about your family. At, th- at this point in time, that's where I'm getting, man. I mean, I, I talk about this stuff and I want to educate you guys and, and talk about these stories. But the only reason I do it is so I can be prepared, um, and be ready and, and, and know what's going on so I can decide what to do to protect my family. You know, I, I don't know if I can protect everybody out there. You know, it's just not, it's not, it's not easy. It's not something we can do as an individual. Now, are we going to continue with the voting process? How is this going to How is this going to end in the long run? I guess would be the question I, I would pose. You know, are we just going to fall into the in the uh, you know Hitler style nation? Are we going to turn into the uh, um, idiocracy type nation? Is it going to just go away because they just can't win because nobody's paying attention anymore or fooling around anymore? I mean, where is this going to go in the long run? How is this going to end? Is it going to end? Or are we just going to continue seeing it get worse and worse and worse? Those are all questions you got to ask yourself. Um, I don't know what I can do as an individual other than what I do. You know, share information. Try to, you know, I can't tell you how to raise your child. I can't tell you uh, that vaccinating your child is a good or a bad thing. I can just tell you what I do. I don't agree with it. I don't think you should. But that's your choice. That's part of your freedom. You know, and I res- I expect the same respect back from anybody else. Don't tell me how to live my life. Don't tell me what I have to do with my child or that I'm wrong because I'm not doing something. Um, it's just one of those things that we have to decide how to handle things on our own. You know, hon? Yeah, I agree. You agree? Just leave us alone. Let us do our thing. Well, it makes no sense. Obviously, what's going on right now isn't working. The prison system is is a complete mess. Um, and the real crime that does need to be addressed still isn't being addressed. Uh, and honestly, you know, I remember back when we first started doing shows with Dave and he said, you know, we really do need total anarchy we need to privatize everything even law enforcement it should be private to that town where you literally hire on and if if you feel that needs to be there and i really do think that that sort of a system would sort of work better to be honest well that's a voluntary system what being a voluntarist which is what dave more associates himself to now is a voluntarist instead of you would have more real crime addressed i think as opposed to now fake crime well, well not, fake not crime, even that it's fake crime, but it's just it's bullshit. Petty crime. Well, and it's, it's so it's so petty. Well, a lot of it too. These you are know. all you have a majority of nonviolent criminal criminals. Air <laughs> quote 
um, you know, sitting, rotting away, uh, not really learning some good methods in there. And it's just, you're corrupting uh, perfectly good people. I mean, a lot of you people listening right now have done at least one thing that if you had been in the wrong place at the wrong time, could have put you in jail. Do you, I mean, do I say you, everybody listening right now has. Yeah, I would too. Um, and I mean, <laughs> it's just sort of, you're either lucky or you're not sometimes with some of these people. I mean, we've met a few people that have been in jail for some really stupid, stupid. shit. And it comes down to what everybody says a lot, you know, the big saying, no victim, no crime. You know, if there's nobody harmed, nothing stolen from somebody, nothing, no, if there is no victim, then there is no crime. There, how can there be a crime if nobody's hurt, if nobody's harmed by it? Well, if it? there's no victim and if there's no damage to, well, if there's know, damage, there's a victim. damage to if, if property there's dam- or... If there's damage, there's a victim. Okay. The property is Me the smoking pot. No, the owner <laughs> of the property is the yeah. victim. Yeah, okay. Well, Me then, smoking yeah, pot in that's... my house or, or carrying a bag of pot in my car, there's no victim. Where is there a right. victim? Um, you know, uh, not to mention it's it's really <laughs> pot is actually the the most hilarious one to me. I, I don't even know how it, it came to pass that people are like, yep, we should make it illegal, and that actually flew. Like it's a freaking plant. It's not even processed or anything. It's just that by itself. Yeah. Are you back, Dave? Davy? No. Nope. Not back yet. Weird. What happened? Oh, uh, he's got his uh camera he's he re- turned that program off he was oh, using and he okay. hasn't reset his camera so we'll have him back up here soon in a second i don't want to go into any new stories till he till he's back up with us though uh because i got some stuff here i want his opinion on because you know dave's always got an interesting opinion let me turn his mic on so i can hear when he comes back <laughs> that's a good idea <laughs> yeah if he ever decides to come back uh so uh i'm resetting my skype my my uh my my internet explorer or my firefox reset on me so i gotta reopen up all my tabs oh boy oh boy well that's fun yeah so <clears throat> i called rob last night in relation with uh that walmart slash pizza shop shooting and kind of gave my opinion to him that it was that kind of same kind of setup so we'll have to wait and see where that comes we got dave back now dave you back can you hear me now yeah i can hear you now uh, yeah. i was holding off on going the new stories till you were uh Good, I'm glad, because I had a couple of things going on here. I was trying to reset my camera thing, and uh, my son came in here to use the bathroom. I got another beer. <laughs> Getting everything together. It's all right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, uh, what's this, Berg, Bergdahl, because I didn't do a show last week. Uh, you and De- you and uh, um, Joe did. Thank you, Joe, for covering that for me, by the way. I had so much fun down there. Yeah, his studio rocks, doesn't it? His studio rocks. I got to ride a motorcycle for like an hour. Uh, Naples is really nice. The first time I've ever been to Naples, it's really nice down there. It's a neat little area. I've never been through that area like that, and uh, it's it's a it's a pleasant little area to live. I would say. Uh, apparently, I got a little too drunk though. Oh, you did? Yeah, I had to. Uh, I, I didn't even know what happened. And I, I saw something happen on Twitter. I was like, I, I said what? <laughs> oh, and I, I had to have a pro- I had to have an off air conversation. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was a little busy uh, Saturday night, so I didn't really get. To, I listened to the opening and. Made sure you guys were actually there, and then uh, I got pulled away and told I wasn't allowed to listen anymore. Yeah, well, you did take the night off. Yeah, I know, I know. It's hard to get away, though. You don't want to. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> so what's your, uh, before I go into what I've got here on the bird doll, bird, bird, whatever that guy's name is. Bird dog. Bird, bird, bird doll. Bird, bird dog. <laughs> bird, whatever his name is. Yeah, that's what Bubba was calling him, bird dog. Um, 
Oh, really? What's yeah, your, I'll never say that again. What's your, what's your thoughts on it? Um, I don't know enough about it because I've read some other, you know, because if you, if you watch, look, we don't watch mainstream media, right? And right. We, we bitch about it all the time, but yet, oh, well, I'm of forced our, to sometimes. I do so every once in a while. Some of our quote unquote facts only come from mainstream media. So I started, I really didn't investigate it, but I started reading some other things and I read a, uh, an article at a Reason magazine. Um, that talked about the five guys. They are not high-level targets, as I was told. Right. They are low-level or mid-level or whatever it happens to be. Some of them were actually working for the CIA. And oh, you know what? how they got most of the prisoners in Guantanamo Bay is that the United States government was just paying out, you know, $250,000 for information to get to. And people were just saying, yeah, that guy right there, he... um. He, you know, he uh, said bad things about America and wants to kill people. And they'd arrest the guy. Meanwhile, there was no due process. There was no proof. There was no nothing. So this this goes to show you that they just hand out money to all the locals, right? And they what they're doing is they're buying PR to say that you know we're we're catching um, terrorists or potential terrorists. But meanwhile, we know that none of these motherfuckers are getting any day, their day in court. None of these guys have, there's no proof of any of their shit. And we can also go back to, um, the three American citizens that they killed with no, um, due process. Due process. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's another thing that is for fact with this deal is that Congress is supposed to know 30 days beforehand of any, of any deal. And the president, uh, skirted that. Yep. So it's an illegal deal to begin with. And, Here's another thing that you'll find out that's, you know, all these fucking people are saying, well, America doesn't uh, negotiate with terrorists. The Taliban are not considered terrorists on any list. CIA, FBI, whatever. They're, they are not considered uh, terrorists on any list. So they didn't negotiate with terrorists. Well, they're also part of NATO. Taliban? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta look it up. Yeah. Not, not or right no, now. not NATO, UN. One of the two. One of those organizations. Same thing. Yeah. yeah one of the world organizations they're part of. Um, <clears throat> well, guess who? Almost exactly one year before this individual died, they were in. I know the answer. I know the answer. I know the answer. Who? Uh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> the guy who <laughs> died in the Mercedes. Michael Hastings. Michael Hastings. Yes. My, Michael Hastings was heavily investigating. Uh, yes. Birdall and his capture and why he was there prior to him being killed very shortly prior to. Now, we, we're going to continue this in the next hour because there's a lot to read and, and go over about this. But as we go over this, I want you to think of this. I want you to think of a few or at least one other individual. That other individual I want you to think about is Lee Harvey Oswald. And follow his story and what he was like as he grew and all the little things he did and how it's believed he was part of the, the, the special, you know, the, the, the CIA uh, or something like that. Ask you that when we come back from break, because we're going to break now, right? Yeah, we're getting ready to go to break. Because uh, I asked you that, because I have, because I even texted you about this, uh, so I have things to say about it. Yeah, and, and it just seems to me that we see the setup of the next Oswald. Or the next, uh, McVeigh. McVeigh, thank you. That's the one you, yeah. Cause you would text that to me after I had said it on Shannon's show. So I was already on the I, same yeah, path with you. Yeah, I know. I I, it actually, it came to me while I was on the treadmill in, uh, in the gym. Yeah, there's just. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to like, I can't wrap my head around this deal. It just seems like such an ass backwards deal. What's the, what's the end game? And I'm like, 
they're creating terrorists. Yeah, they're creating yeah. terrorists. They're creating homegrown terrorists, <laughs> which could be possibly what the idea with this guy was. So we'll get into why I believe oh, oh, this. Wait, what? What'd you say? That's very unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Didn't you learn anything from Shannon? Uh, no. Yeah, so when we get back, we will talk about why Dave and I see another Oswald ahead of us. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing here? <laughs> What's your name again? John Reyes. Four Toad and Lexi. Oh, I meant Four Toad? Sure. Four oh. Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on, I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And, uh... Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. It's Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy for Toad. The American Republic is in remnant status. The stage is set for our country eventually devolving into a military dictatorship, and few seem to care. My fellow patriots, we need a solution. I think we need everybody to read the Constitution. It's our right, it's our duty. Ignoring it is legal to abolish the current corrupt government. It's poor as evil. It's not a new one by the people for the people. We were born equal, but the government is making super soldiers like a foreign sequel. Getting ready for martial law, for a lockdown. I wish for peace and knowledge with my genie lamp. At least you'll have your own cell at the FEMA camp. Fuck the CIA agency, I break it down from A to Z. They got the guts to say to me, don't protest or make a scene. Well, fuck it, let them taser me. I will not let them intimidate or phase me. I am not insignificant and lazy. I don't even know what to say lately because the system made me crazy. We need a second American revolution. What in the hell of a revolution? We need a second American revolution. 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 The second American revolution. Skeptics say 9-11 was not an inside job. Even though hundreds of eyewitnesses said they seen bombs like William Rodriguez and Marlene Cruz. Even the average citizens even were on the news. And they heard the testimony about bombs going off Bodies in the lobby with their face blowing off You say it doesn't matter, it means nothing to you And you act like eyewitnesses are not enough proof When I talk about it, you call me a conspiracy theorist Your body doesn't need to listen, I need your spirit to hear this And once you learn the truth, you'll never look back I just get pissed off when people won't look at the facts Steel buildings don't just fucking collapse If you believe the official story, you can be sure to say I guess the laws of physics just stopped working that day But everybody just calls me a jerk when I say We need a second American revolution What in the hell of a revolution? We need a second American revolution We need a second American revolution We need a second American revolution You've been a 
and Truther on RazRadio.com. Hey, 
house filled with corks On the other side of your history books I am a cure for every disease And I am what keeps you from chasing your dreams I am every loss and every gain And I am the bull with your fucking name What's up, Reds Radio fam? It's your man, Wayne, in Baltimore, and I'm doing my thing live on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I bring you the chocolate drop on RedsRadioLive.com. Join us as we play music, talk sports, politics, and whatever's going on in the news. And um, chances are you might learn something. Chances are you won't. So join me and Joe from Maine on Saturdays from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on RedsRadioLive.com. Oh, and by the way, no devil music. All right, guys, here we are, back to the first trip to two on RazRadioLive.com. I love breaks. I actually had to go get some water during that break, which is very unusual for me to drink water. (laughs) What the hell's wrong with me? And I drank too much beer. What is this? Water? <laughs> so, as we said, we are going to dig into this uh, this Duball or whatever the fuck this guy's name is. I can never say it right. We're going to dig into him a little bit and see what we can compare to uh, kind of how Oswald was. He was a loner. He was an individual. He uh, he tried to uh, to to, to uh, what do they call it? Defect to to Russia. He uh, was in the military. He uh, did all these different things, um, which. You know, kind of, it was kind of shady what he did. And as we said going into the break, <clears throat> wait, what's this? Uh, Brad. Uh, I don't know if Brad's coming tonight. He never really answered me. So if he plans on it, he can call me. Uh, otherwise, we'll talk to him another time. <clears throat> Buzzy, just so you know. I was never really put in stone. So anyway, um, so Michael Hastings was investigating the capture of uh, of this Bergdahl. I'll call him Bergdahl. I think that's right. Uh, so what we got here. The late Michael Hastings wrote the defining mag- wrote the de- definitive magazine profile of Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl for Rolling Stones in June 2012. Now that... <clears throat> excuse me. Now that America's last prisoner of war has been released, which 
how can we claim that when we have MIA still from Vietnam? But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, in a prisoner exchange for five high-ranking Taliban officials, Hastings' piece continues to offer crucial context about why Bergdahl volunteered for service in the first place, about how his, this intense, moral young man became so horrified by America's good war that he walked away from his unit's remote outpost in eastern Afghanistan in 2009 and about the abortive, abortive neg- negotiations that could have secured Bergdahl's release years ago. So 13 things that you should know about American POW who, who is coming finally home. Number one, uh, Bo, which is his first name, grew up near Haley, Idaho, the son of California expats and ski bums Jan, Janny and Bob Bergdahl, who lived nearly off the grid on 40 acres, homeschooling Bo and his sister Sky uh, in a de- in demanding curriculum. So that's number one. So he's a homeschooled expat family. Uh, doesn't really sound like they work that much. Uh, so that's a interesting point to look at there. It's an average way to, to be raised anymore, especially currently. So he was obsessed with Bear Grylls and Man vs. Wild both sought at age 20 to join the French Foreign Legion. He traveled to Paris and started to learn French, but his application was rejected. He was absolutely devastated when the French Foreign Legion did not ask him, asked, didn't, didn't take him, uh, Bob says. So that's interesting. You want to go to the French Foreign Legion. Well, you know, he's been wanting to be involved in war and, and protecting people, it sounds like. I guess that could be a, an upstanding thing, right, Dave? No. No, you don't think so? No. Okay. Just wanted to check. Uh, number three, he's see- seeking adventure instead in American uniform. Bergdahl listed in the Army in 2008. His intense alienated, uh, he intensely alienated fellow soldiers. A friend from his unit, Jason Fry, recalls both fierce independence and his prof. Prophetic, prophetic warning. He wanted to be a mercenary, wanted to be f- a free gun, says Frey. He had a notion he was a survivalist, claimed he knew how to survive with nothing because he grew up in Idaho. Uh, before we deployed, him and I were talking about what it would be like, Fry recalls. Bo looked at his friend and made no bones about his plans. If this deployment is lame, Bo said, I'm just going to walk off into the mountains of Pakistan. So before even being, you know, put out there, he was already ready to walk. Find that interesting. Uh, excuse me. Number four, uh, Bird Dogs Unit in Afghanistan, part of the Obama surge, was beset by defective defects of leadership, a collapse in unit moral deficits. Deficit. Oh, I'm sorry, Def- deficits in leadership. Drink again. A collapse in unit mor- morale. Okay, let me go get a beer. And an almost complete breakdown <laughs> of authority. All right, so let me reread that because I totally screwed that one up. No, it's okay. Just you, move on. You got along. it? Part yep. of the bomb started right along. set by defect yep. leadership? Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, un- the unruly situation was <laughs> no. captured by a British documentary filmmaker whose footage shows a bunch of soldiers who no longer give a shit, breaking even the most basic rules of combat, like wearing baseball caps on patrol instead of helmets. Well, that's just wanting to get yourself killed, personally. Well, <laughs> you know... I've never been in combat. I don't know. I, I can only just imagine the stresses of doing that. And it just makes you do some crazy shit, you know? Yeah. And that's I why half imagine. of these guys, you know, some of these guys are coming home with fucking 
PSTD or whatever the hell, and they're, they're offing themselves, and they're just even the ones that are stay alive are just they're just not never not right. Oh, what do we got? Twenty two a day committing suicide now. Well, yeah. I with I was with my ex, and his cousin had come back from tour, and he was gone for I think six months. You um, were with me. No. Oh, this is before that yeah. that incident. It was uh, Patrick's cousin. Oh, I, I was thinking of your friend. He Sorry. had a wife who had a baby while he was gone. They had this. They got this little house when they moved there, and we were over there for dinner. And I, I don't know. He was cooking with his wife, and somehow burned the mashed potatoes, and completely freaked out. <laughs> um. And he was just pacing. He couldn't eat dinner. It was, like, really uncomfortable. So then we all go and sit on the back patio, and we're just talking, and he's, like, playing his guitar and everything. We left. We get a call the next morning that his wife got up, and she was in the kitchen starting to make breakfast. She thought her husband was in the bathroom, and here's Patrick's cousin hanging from the back tree. Lovely. And it was a week after he got home. It was so crazy. It was, it, I'm just like, man. And he was only like 24 years old. Mm. I mean. So I never deployed, but I'll tell you what, even when you do training, um, you know, we do our, our two weeks where we'd go out and pretend we're in war and do all that. And you're training because you know you're go- you, you could possibly be going somewhere. So you take it very seriously. And even that, knowing you're not going to get killed, but that you could fail and you're going to get in trouble, you know, was very stressful. And people would be stressed out from that alone, you know. So I couldn't imagine, fortunately, thank God for my, my good luck that I never got deployed anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I could imagine how being over there could do that. I mean, we have family. The Josh, um, Lexi's sister's husband, he was over there for two tours? Uh, Yes. Yeah, pretty, I think he did two tours over there, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, and he's, but he's fine. He's got no problems. You know, it's, it's, it's right. It, it, everybody's some different. people, right, exactly. You know, some people uh, respond to stimuli way different than other ones. Some people process things like I, tragedies in my life, I process very, I'm very good at it. Like, I don't really get fucked up for too long and I don't like get overly emotional about it. But then again, I'll be honest with you guys, I haven't really suffered a, a a death of a loved one that's close to me in, in since I'm eight years old. Right. And my mother's still alive, and unfortunately, my father's still alive because you know most people know I don't like him. Um, you know, everyone I know and love is still alive, and 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 is healthy. Um, well, it's but like I've when actually ba- that's like when my uncle died last year. I'm still, you know, that still gets us every once in a while because he's 50 years old, 52 years right. old, you know. So right. so I, I don't I don't know what it's like to to, to but but any of the other stuff that I dealt with. You know, I, I process pretty quick. Right. Let's just say, like, the, my own personal issues, my own personal health issues. I could take this one of two ways. I could just be happy about it and say, ha, ha, I'm fucking retired. But, you know, the other side of the coin is, I, I'm, I'm, and I actually noticed this just this week when I was working on my cars. I really am fucking broken and b- broken more than I thought I was. Well, and, and I think a lot of that, though, Dave, is you, because of the medical problem you had for a year and a half, two years. Your body weakened from that in general. I mean, anybody who goes through being bedridden and, and not being able to, to to do a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I, I have been working on it ever since I came home from Vermont. You know, while I was in Vermont, I was doing a lot of work on stuff. There were there just things like just I was do I did an oil change on the Ranger, and you know, oil change is the fucking easiest thing in the world. 
and just even using my hand on the wrench to try to get the uh, the, the the drain plug out hurt the fleshy, you know, the like the this part of the the yeah. right by your thumb. It hurt. Yeah. And that really, and that's you know, part of my disease is what's in my hands. Right. All right I'm gonna and pull us back here, Dave. We, we, we're dri- we're drifting. We're drifting. We'll talk yeah, some well, more about it's that the later. Fucking stinglings I got right here. Yeah, I know. We're drifting. <laughs> we only got through four in hey, seventeen minutes. You you could starburst, and that's okay. <laughs> I'm the show host, of course. <laughs> All right. So um, number five, as his tour dragged on, the hellish reality of war, including seeing an Afghan child run over by an American truck, weighed on Bergdahl. Who became who came to see Americans' pre- presence in Afghanistan as disgusting? So in less than a year, he went from wanting to be a uh, a mercenary, a hired gun, a hired killer, to being dis- dis- disgusted by what he sees. Right. Uh, it says here, "I am I am sorry for everything here." Bo Bo told his parents, "These people need help." Yet what they they get is the most conceited country in the world telling them that they are nothing and that they are stupid. We don't even care when we hear each other talking about running their children down in the dirt streets with our armored trucks. It was something he wrote to his parents. Ugh. Yeah, war is ugly, but you know, war when well, you're not, not supposed to be somewhere. Well, that's what I was going to say. When you're in a yeah. war that's not technically a war, and and I mean, we're talking about Afghanistan. We're it's not a even police action. Yeah, exactly. And, and who, who hired the co- who hired the cops? Nobody did. The bankers did. The bankers did. And nobody, nobody in Afghanistan said, "Hey, come over here and do this." We just went in and did it. Yep. We are we occupy other people's countries all the time. And then we call them insurgents. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> We'd be the insurgents if, you know, something exactly. happened here. If, if another country attacked America and we picked right. up our guns and went out, we would be insurgents protecting our nation. No shit. Watch watch the 84 version of uh, Red Dawn, and they say that word, insurgent. Oh, do that. I'll have to go back and watch yeah. that. I haven't watched that in a while anyway. That's, that's right after the chemtrail scene. <laughs> oh, shut up. There's no chemtrails in that movie. There is. I was fucking in your living room and we were watching it. Because you always said, show me a movie with a chemtrail in it before 1990. And boom, together we saw a fucking chemtrail. I don't remember in that In the one. fucking movie. Uh, that's that what happened. See how he conveniently forgets that, people? I was fucking... It's, I, I couldn't... I was there. I witnessed it live. <laughs> All right. Anyway, after receiving... An e- this number six. After receiving an email from his father extorting him to obey... Your cons- conscience, Exhort- exhorting him. Exhort- is that right? Exhorting him. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, obey your conscience. Both slipped out of his unit's barracks on July thirtieth, two thousand nine. Uh, one man versus the wilds, wilds of Afghanistan. <laughs> Birdog was equipped with just a knife, water, and a digital camera, and his diary. Are you calling him Birdog? Birdog. Birdog. That's what I'm calling him to deal with it. <laughs> just call him Bo. Whatever. Apparently, 24 right. hours later, he'd been taken. He'd be taken prisoner. Birdall's capture is recorded in radio intercepts later released by WikiLeaks. What happened? This is quotes. What happened? Is that true that they captured an American guy? Yes, they did. He is alive. So that would be the radio um, messaging sent back and forth. Birdall could have been freed in a prisoner exchange almost immediately, but the American American officer in charge did not pull the trigger on a prisoner of war, a prisoner swap. Uh, tribal elders from the nearby village had been asked by the Taliban to arrange a trade with U.S. forces. The insurgents wanted 15 of their j- jailed fighters released, along with an unidentified sum of money in exchange for Bo. 
the officer hedged unwilling, unwilling or unable to make such a bargain, and no deal was struck. So I guess they saved some money and, and gave less prisoners back. I mean, they held out and got a better deal, I guess, we could say, couldn't we? We shouldn't be negotiating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number eight. Period. End of story. It doesn't matter if it's 15 or 5. True. Well, you what know, difference does it make? I, I saw somebody posted that uh, Israel negotiates 90 or 100% of the time when they have something like this happen. I forget where I saw that. It was on either CNN or something when I was at lunch one day. All right, number eight. There was an official cover-up. Oh, here we go. Cover-up. Always have a cover-up. One that included the White House pressure on the New York Times and AP to keep Birdaw's name out of the paper. The Pentagon also scrambled to shut down any public discussion of Bo, uh, Bo member of Bo's brigade's Brigade were required to sign non-disclosure agreements forbidding them to discuss any personal recovery efforts, an obvious reference to Bo. And Bo's sister, Sky, wrote in a private email, I'm afraid our government here in D.C. would like nothing better but to sweep PFC Bergdahl under the rug and wash their hands of him. So, the cover-up, you know, what's Jack say? Jack Bloody always says... Uh, Cover up. I'm trying to remember what he says. The three things of a false flag are. I know cover up is one of them. Oh, uh, damn it. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, so that's an important thing to know that there was a cover up. At one point, this is number nine. At one point during his captivity, Bergdahl escaped. Did you know that, Dave? I'm trying to look up the three things about the false flag. Oh, okay. Thank you. For his part, Bo does not appear to be willing uh, be a willing hostage. In August or September of 2011, he reportedly managed to escape. When he was cap- recaptured, he put up such a struggle that it took five militants to overpower him. He fought like a boxer, said a Taliban fighter who had been see- who had seen Bo. Oh, that's interesting. He fought like a he boxed fought like a boxer. Well, you got five guys trying to get you, you know going to fight off, I guess, as hard as you can, right? Right. <laughs> you would hope so. You would I hope mean, so. I know I would. Ten. Negotiations to bring Bergdahl, brought Bergdahl home have been in the works for years, with Obama originally imagining the prisoner swap as an, as an election year overture toward adorable peace with the Taliban. President Obama has announced that the United States will now pers- pursue an, and a negotiated peace with the Taliban. That peace is likely to include a prisoner swap or a confident-building measure, as U.S. officials working on the negotiations call it, that could finally end the longest war in American history. Bo is the one prisoner the Taliban have to trade. It could be a hu- it could be huge win if Obama could bring him home, said the senior administration official familiar with the negotiations, especially in an election year if it's handled properly. So, of course, they uh, talked about maybe using this for that. Now, why are they using it now? And that's going to tie into some other things, I think, too. But we'll get there. All right, number 11. But the swap didn't have the backing of the Secretary of State Hillary Clinton or Pentagon Chief Leon Panetta. Uh, Guess what, guys? Neither one of them are there anymore. Just wanted to point that out. Who weren't ready to negotiate an end to the war, prefer, prefer that, preferring the bloody path of counterinsurgency operations. 
Defense Secretary Leon Panetta and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton are very wary about making a swap for Bo. Panetta and Hillary don't give a shit about getting him home, says one senior U.S. official involved in the negotiations. They want to be able to say they coined their way out of Afghanistan. They What? They want to be able to say they coined their way out of Afghanistan or whatever, so it doesn't look like they're cutting and running. I guess that doesn't make much sense to me, but anyway. But it's funny, neither one of those two are there anymore, isn't it? I find that interesting. It's not funny, it's standard operating procedure. No, of course it is. Get rid of the ones that aren't working with you. Right. Or there might have been other reasons that they, that maybe, uh, I don't know. The nego- okay, 12. The nego- the, my tongue is not cooperating tonight. The negotiations were also impeded by Senator John McCain. <laughs> Imagine that, a guy that was a, a POW, POW himself, himself doesn't yeah. want a POW re- returned, mm-hmm. who was typically level-headed in, his, in his, this exchange with future Secretary John Kerry. McCain, who endured almost six years of captivity as a prisoner of war, threw a fit at the prospect of releasing five Taliban detainees. They're the five biggest murderers in the world, in world history, McCain fumed. Uh, Kerry, who supported the transfer, thought that was going a bit far. John, he said, the five biggest murderers in the world. McCain was furious at the rebuke. They killed Americans, he responded. I suppose Senator Kerry is okay with that. Okay. Anyway, they're a bunch of idiots. I hate these. You got guys. proof of that? Yeah. All right. The uh, thirteen, last one. The bureaucratic clusterfuck in Washington had even led Bergdahl's heartbroken father to seek his own negotiation with Bo's captors, explaining Bob Bergdahl beard and controversial command of. Com- yes. <clears throat> you could have did that, you know. I know. Uh, where was I? Bergdog's heartbroken father, uh, controversial command of conversational Ara- Arabic and Pasato. Bob has considered going over to Pakistan. He's grown a bushy beard and he has sent his own YouTube video directed at the Taliban asking for his son's release. I'll talk to them, he says. I'll bring him home myself. So those are the, uh, 13 things to know about Bergdog. We have another article to get into, but we do have a caller on the line. Shifty. Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, just a uh, a quick programming thing. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, That's all right. I'm not doing anything uh, here. It's just a show. Yeah, Bergdahl's a piece of shit anyway. So you can take two minutes for me. <laughs> um, so I, I was just looking through the Burke Brigade page, and there is a lot of people that are looking for uh, the replay of it. And I'll tell you what I will do uh, is. If you will call me when you are done, uh, I'll just go ahead and put the entire file on a loop in uh, Windows Media Player and just let it play all night into tomorrow morning uh, and and just put that on the Burp Brigade page for me as you know I don't like to do that. All right. Uh, so if that's what you if that sounds good to you, it sounds good to me. Just put that on the Burp Brigade page and then just call me. Uh, and I will start that loop uh, directly as soon as your show is over. All right, works for me. Thanks, guys. Sorry right. to interrupt. I, I apologize. No, you're not. Stop lying. No, I really am. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, brother. See you <laughs> later. Bye, Shifty. There goes Shifty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, if you guys want to, uh, if you missed any of the today with Shannon Burke with the Shifty show, he'll be replaying that all night. Was it that a, 
a pleasant thing. Honey, maybe we'll go to bed to Raz Radio tonight so we can hear Shifty all night long. <gasps> can we? Maybe. <laughs> all right, so any of those things grab your attention, Dave, that I read through there? No. Nothing. Nothing really stuck out to you on there? No, because I, I just at this point, I don't know what to believe, you know? I I I I just yeah, from the onset it just looks funny and without even having any kind of details it just looks weird and what's the end game why now why not five years ago there's something afoot and we'll just have to wait. So the fact that they could have got them five years ago and they were like really close to getting it that kind of catches you off guard then a little bit there. Right, because you know maybe it's exactly right. Maybe he left his barracks. On purpose to get captured, uh, as you know, because that's what the you know, because he's working for the CIA and he's you know, he's being a double agent, you know, and he's working for uh, not a double agent, but he's a, you know, an agent working for them to find out what's going on, and he's saying that you know maybe he's crying, you know, uh, that he's you know he's not into what they're doing and blah blah blah. Meanwhile, well, I don't know. It's a lot. We'll of see si- five years from now when you know when he blows up a building, yeah, with a, suicide, you know, a lot of similars air- to how Lee Harvey Oswald was when he was this in the military. True. But, you know, then again, on the other side of the coin, maybe that's absolutely true. He got so pissed off that he just walked out, you know? That is, I guess and, that is possible. But really, would you, I mean, I don't care how much Man vs. Wild I watched. I would not go into the middle of a country that we have invaded and just wander around with a knife, some water, and, you know, a camera. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's all weird. And I'm I, I going to reserve judgment. I'm just going to wait for shit to happen. Usually I like to prognosticate, and it, it seems to be that I'm... That's telling the future. I, I seem to be kind of good at it. You know, I've been writing a lot of things that have been coming up lately, especially, you know, the death of Radio I.O. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, shit, I saw that two years ago. I wish I could, I wish I could do that with stocks. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, that would be nice. Well, well, we will have to wait and see. And I still see a, a uh, uh, an Oswald type character being developed here. Um, right. See, that's what I was when I was when I was sitting, you know, doing the, the treadmill earlier this week. I really was just trying to figure out. I'd wrap my head around this. What is the end game? And I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> can't come up with an end game, can you? No, I can't. Oh, uh, it's funny having a hairball. That weird. That's my cat in the background, guys. He's got a hairball, so you'll have to excuse him. Where is he? He's on the window. That's freaking me out. Freaking cats, man. She's farting. We, we know what's going on here. Lexi's farting. Oh. I can see her. Move, I can see her tilting see over her a little bit every little. time. <laughs> so, so we talked about Hastings there when we got into that that first story. Right. So there's there's another thing that's you know. Remember they said you know he, he was working on something big. Yeah. Boom. Well, well, this this is a story from Vice News. Uh, why was the FBI investigating Michael Hastings reporting on Bo Bergdahl? So they were, the FBI was investigating him for this. Three years into the disappearance of Bergdahl, uh, in Afghanistan, Michael Hastings, the journalist who reported, reporting cost General Stanley McChrystal his job, wrote a Rolling Stone story about the missing soldier, a piece which the magazine called the definition, the definitive first account of Berg, Bo Bergdahl. Hastings, who died in a car accident in Los Angeles in June 2013, had unparalleled access for the story. Uh, He spoke to Bergdahl's parents, who had by that time stopped talking to the press following subdual pressure from the Army, and he quoted from emails the young soldier had sent to them documenting his growing disillusion with the war and the U.S. military. Hastings also spoke to several unnamed men in 
Bergdahl's unit, soldiers who we now know had to sign a strict non-disclosure agreement for forbidding them from discussing the dis- soldier's disappearance and search with anyone, let alone... Isn't it fucked up how, you know, when, when you, you know, quote-unquote work for the military, they could actually make you sign a non-disclosure agreement? And you have this, you ha- and you, you, if you, God forbid, you, you uh, whistleblow, you, we see what, 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 what the government does to whistleblowers. Well, uh, let me tell you, Dave, once you sign that contract into the military, they own you. They own every part of you. I watched somebody get a Article 13, which is like a disciplinary action, um, for shaving their head with a, with a straight, with a thick razor. That was... For destruction that, of government property? For, yep. You can't get a tattoo, or at least when you're basic or when you're, you're um, going between, you can't get a tattoo. I, th- I can't remember what amendment it is it's 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 the teens like the 13th or 14th but that forbids slavery now isn't that slavery no it's not slavery you've signed a contract given up your body you receive payment wait a minute so a corporation can own a uh, a, a person uh, that's slavery I guess so. whether you give up the right whether you sign a paper or not it doesn't mean it's legal if you sign a contract, you've signed a contract that makes no, it no. legal. If you can't own people, it doesn't matter if I sign if if the, <laughs> if, they, if you sign a contract or not. It's it's not legal. All right, we're getting off the of tangent. All right, so he, again. here's the deal. All right, I'm going to sell sell you an ounce of weed, and we're going to write a contract about it. So that makes it legal. Well, you signed I, a contract. I so wish it did. That was nobody nice. can arrest you. <laughs> nobody can arrest you. We signed contracts. A little different. A little it's different. Like, no, Dave. it's the same concept. No, because th- it's not illegal. You can't own a person. <laughs> We're not going to argue about that. Forget that one. We're going to move on here. All right, so where do we leave off with that one? Uh, but most controversi- controversially, Hastings' piece revealed what has been the subject of much debate and veritol over the last few days, that a delusional Bergdahl had actually abandoned his post and walked away. At the time of the story's publication, the media had all but forgotten about Bergdahl, who who was released on Saturday after five years, blah, blah, blah. And with the exception of some initial chatter, Hastings' piece, which panted, uh, blah, blah, I'm trying to read through here. But someone did pay attention to it, the FBI. uh, That, at least, is what was revealed in a heavily redacted, imagine that, document released by the agency following a Freedom of Information Act request filed on the day of Hastings' death. Filed on the day of Hastings' death by investigating journalists Jason Leopold and Ryan Shapiro, an MIT doctoral student from whom the Justice Department once called the most prolific requester of FIO documents. How's Honduras sounding now? <laughs> no, Costa Rica sounds really good. Have you seen some of the pictures happened? from Hastings or from uh, from uh, Haskell? Haskell? No, uh, no I, I don't think we're Facebook friends. Uh but, He's uh, having a blast, dude, I'll tell you. He's working out every day. He's working out twice a day. Yeah, yeah well, that's because he was a lawyer. He, and he had a lot of money. And laying around with his dogs and just having Costa fun. Right. Guys like us don't have a lot of money. Yeah, I know. We'll hit the lottery right. or something. Well, if we hit the lottery and buy an island. Oh, shit, yeah. Raz <laughs> Island. I'm telling you, if I win, you know, like Powerball, you would never see me again until like a year later. After everything's set up, I'd, I'd be like, "Let's go right now, leave <laughs> everything. <you> right. <laughs> don't need any of this shit. I got it all there. I got everything. <laughs> Just leave it all." <clears throat> uh, hopping, hopping my G6, <laughs> G6, balling with the G6, eh? All right. So the uh, document, partially unredacted, after Leopold Shapiro's engaged in a lengthy legal battle with the FBI for failing to fulfill its file. Obligation, sing along Hastings, Rolling Stones, Peace, America's Last Prisoner of War. As a controversial reporting, it names Hastings and Matt Farrell, a former soldier in Afghanistan and 
a contributing reporter to Hastings piece. Ah, my computer froze up. God bless it. <laughs> so needless to say, <clears throat> I hate technology. That's what that's what I'm going to say. I hate technology, guys. I think no, you just, just have the wrong technology. It's got technology that doesn't like me. No buzzy. It was the drink. Just for the record. <laughs> Don't respond to you know Twitter things that happened ten minutes ago and not give context. Yeah, I know. Well, he knows what I'm talking about. There's there's other people listening. <laughs> it's not just Buzzy, eh? Right, right. I thought Buzzy was the only one that listened to us too. No, uh, Talk Match seems to be listening too. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, the document also includes an associated press. <sighs> <laughs> I'm glad you're amused. Just take by a this. break, man. Take a quick break. No, we're good. It's, no, we're good. It just kept it's kept changing back and forth. The document also included an Associated Press report based on the Rolling Stones piece, and what is identified as a blog entry penned by Gary Farrell, Matthew's father, which actually appears to be the be a comment entry on the Idaho Statesman's website. The article re- reveals private emails excerpts from redacted. This is part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article re- reveals private email excerpts from Redacted to his parents. The excerpts include quotes about being ashamed to be to even be American and threats that if this deployment is lame, I'm just going to walk off into the mountains of Pakistan. The FBI file reads, The Rolling Stone article ignited a media frenzy speculating about the circumstances of Redacted capture and whether U.S. resources and efforts should continue to be expanded for his recovery. <clears throat> so the FBI is is looking into Hastings' article about Bergdahl a year before he dies, right? We've got mm-hmm. that established, right? Mm-hmm. The FBI file, as well as the Department of Justice document released in response to Leopold and Shapiro's lawsuit, suggests that Hastings and Farrell's, Farrell's reporting got swept up into an international terrorist investigation into Bergdahl's disappearance. Why is there an international terrorist investigation? That doesn't make much sense to me. <clears throat> uh, does do you? Nothing makes much sense to me. Okay. Of this whole story. A spokesperson for the FBI told Vice News that the agency does not normally comment on pending investigations and that it lets FIO documents speak for themselves. The investigation was still pending as of last month, Leopold said. According to the files and a rarely rare public statement by the FBI following Hastings' death, Hastings was never directly under investigation by the agency, despite having pissed off a lot of people in very high places. Then why is he in paperwork showing that you're looking into his reporting? Wouldn't that be investigating Hastings, per se? Yeah. I would think. (laughs) Yeah. But it is not exactly clear why Hastings and Farrell's controversial reporting made it into a criminal investigation that was already active before they even wrote the Rolling Stone story. The FBI says Hastings was not a target of their investigation, but his reporting was. Wait, Hastings was not, but his reporting was. Right, right. See, that's that's fucking typical government doublespeak. No, 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 no. I won't come in your mouth. <laughs> I, it's just that taste you have in there, yeah, it's just because I, you know, I willed it there. Yeah, right. How do you investigate someone's reporting without investigating them? Uh, I don't know. I love our government. I don't know, but the FBI thinks that that's fucking legit. Yep, that's what the FBI and, and says. Most of the people, most of the people will buy it. Oh, okay. Yeah. My, Michael and Matt both worked really, really hard on the story, and I know for a fact that they did it in a way that completely angered the U.S. military and the U.S. government. 
Imagine that. And while other reporters were steering away from it, steering, tree, car, brakes, <laughs> they were totally on it, Leopold told Vice News. The FBI was investigating this, whether they were investigating Michael or investigating the story, and there was a lot of fear around it because they characterized the story as controversial, whatever that means. Then, then the question became, why was the FBI looking at this? What was what were they looking at? Leopold added. The FBI says Hastings was not a target in their investigation, but his reporting was. Uh, Far- Farwell declined to discuss the details of the file, but told Vice News, "I'm happy the FBI is reading Rolling Stone on the job." <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, <excuse me. laughs> uh, that's a pretty good response. Uh, <coughs> he had not he had not known the name and his father's. Wait, he had not known his name, and his father's showed up at the FBI. How long is this fucking article? It's pretty long, but it's important. I think there's right, some, well, we're, yeah, we're, well, we're getting the end of it here. You're losing me. All right, I'm losing you. I don't want to lose anybody else. So you get the point. The FBI was investigating Hastings uh, for being overly into this. As Dave said at the beginning of this, uh, they, he was he was talking about some large, some big story that he was trying to final, finalize. Was that big story that he found out Bergdahl was actually CIA or was actually maybe they, he found out that they he did convert over to to them? You know who knows? Who knows whatever whatever he was reporting on? Whatever it is, he's dead. And then two years later, uh, he's switched over in a controversial um, swap. So whatever was going on, what it's not what they wanted to happen. They didn't want that information to be released. Previous, prior, and you know, I think I honestly, I don't, I think Hastings uh, was assassinated. Although people will tell you differently, because you know, inside sources say he started using drugs again. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, that goes with the narrative, doesn't it? True. Right, right, right. You know, that would totally go with the narrative if he started using drugs again. Exactly. So, it, it, ever you know, we argued about this Hastings thing when it first happened. We had some right. very. I think you guys talked about this last week, didn't you? Yes, I did say that. Uh, you know, I was generally you sat down and watched the video. And we found out about the. Oh no, it was on Salty's show. Right, right, for Salty's show. Um, right, because I, I didn't believe that you know they could take control of the car. Then you mentioned the auto park. Yep. You know, we and and I know that now. You know, because I you know five years ago, five ten years ago, I saw that this was you know up and coming technology, and it could be, but now, you know now it's an option. You know. Shit, there are cars that are that, that now will do auto brake, and I'm like, really? I, I I don't want that car. Yeah, I've been watching some of these commercials where it'll beep when you. It's got so many warning devices. I don't even know how you could pay attention to what's going on in the road when you got all these different things, you know, flashing and beeping and stopping you and steering you and fly this and that. And mm-hmm. I don't want any of these new cars with all that crap. But I mean, the car we got's already got too much on it. All right, we do have a caller on the line. Caller, uh, what's your three two three? I think it is. Area code? 323, caller, are you there? Oh, wait, how about if I... I'm hitting the wrong buttons. Caller, are you there? <laughs> yeah. Hello, how you doing? Who's this? Okay, Tom. Hey, Tom. What can we do for you tonight? Well, there's planes and such going over my uh, my house, and I'm wondering what that's, what, what that's all about. What do you mean, planes and such? Well, they're like uh, leaving uh, smoke behind them, and I, I'm 
I'm wondering if it's... Are you getting chemtrail today? Poison. Huh? Are you getting chemtrail today? Uh, it might be. I, I, they're, they're flying and they're leaving the stuff up there. And I, I'm, somebody said, you, you know about it. I talk you know, about that a lot. This guy sounds a lot like Brad Friedman. That asshole. No, I don't know. <laughs> is it Brad Friedman? I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, actually, I have his number stored, I think, so it would come up with his name. So, Tom, do you not believe in chemtrails? Oh, I, I, uh, I, I, mean, I believe it, sure. They're, they're just look up. You see him in the, in the sky. Just the look time. up! <laughs> I love you, Brad. Uh, you're too funny. I got pictures. I got a lot of pictures. I got like 12,000 pictures, I'll bet you. That, that proves it right there. It proves it 100%. <laughs> and, and it's because they're trying to control us and our, uh, our cars, our, uh, our, our uh, global, uh, warming, which is bullshit. It's, it's global cooling is what it is. <laughs> I thought it was climate change. It's uh, it's climate uh, cooling is what it is going on. It's the whole thing. It's all bullshit. It's uh, you, you believe me, believe me. It's it's all about control. And if you don't have uh, solar panels and a gun, you're gonna fucking die. Am I getting a crank call from Brad? Right really? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. Well, you didn't answer my tweet, so I didn't know if you were definitely available tonight or not. I, oh, oh, hey, how are you, man? Hi, Brad. It's nice to talk to you. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I didn't because I, I didn't know what I was going to be doing. And then Buzzy uh, sent a tweet and said, hey, are you going to call in? And I thought, oh, well, I'm almost home. I'll, I'll call in and say hello. Oh, it's nice to hear from you. We definitely and, have and, to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I want to watch that. I haven't had a chance to watch that, Dave, because Dave sent it to me, that, uh, that climate show that you guys were talking about two weeks ago. And I, I want to watch that before we talk because i really think brad i'm going to shock you a little bit i I, i'm going to concede to a few things but i want to watch that first and i want to talk with you about it and and really try to find a happy medium where we can agree on some things well it's a science show it's not really a climate show it's cosmos it's on fox and uh uh well i hope you do watch it it was uh uh rob revere who has been a long time Shall we say skeptic of uh, climate science? He uh, he, you know, wrote to uh, Desi and I, and Desi and I do a Green News show together. He wrote in to say, uh, after seeing that show, you can say I am no longer a climate denier. I am uh, now a believer. Now it doesn't matter, frankly, if anybody believes it or not, because science is science. It's not faith. It's not you know conspiracy. It's just facts and stuff. And you can check those facts. Or you can find facts that uh, dispute those facts. So it's really not a question of whether you believe it or not. It's true no matter whether you believe it or not. But um, it, it's, uh, it was good enough, apparently, to, uh, to you know, move someone like Rob Revere. So that's a good sign. And I, uh, I do hope you watch it. I, I do plan on it. Go ahead, Dave. Didn't, the, didn't even Scott say that after seeing it, he changed his mind as well? I think Which it is. is pretty much, you know, why they've taken him off the air. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> already got to him. It must be a conspiracy, right? No, I, I yeah. I'm going to concede some things to you, Brad, and uh, you know, I will say that I don't think I've ever really said that that humans don't have any impact on the climate. Um, 
So I definitely agree that that mankind does have a, a an effect on the climate. Um, to what degree and to who are the major offenders would be a big question that I um, would bring up. And when I say that, I mean you know I don't think the average person is doing nearly as much as let's say the government and large companies. You know, so there is area that that needs to be repaired. There is there is things that we need to look at and and adjust and fix. I just I don't think it needs to come at the barrel of a gun from the government. Well, uh, before we decide uh, whose whose gun uh, <laughs> whose barrel of a gun it will come from, if you think man has some effect on climate, how does man have an effect on climate? In what way? Uh, I I absolutely say we add pol- pol- uh, pollutants into the climate uh, with mm-hmm. our vehicles. Yes, th- it is a big thing. And I was reading an article today, Brad, uh, by Natural News, and it, it was kind of deceiving because it 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 came out saying, "Oh, there's definite proof that they're chemtrailing us." And then the article, was, <laughs> well, and I, I shot that down in thirty seconds without even without even don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Shut up. Have gas. <laughs> No, yeah, the airplane gas. Yeah, yeah, it's leaded fuel. Right, exactly. And and I was angry at that article by the way they presented it with the title because that that's a true problem. That is a real problem that we have all the airplanes, all aircraft, uh, prop driven use leaded gas, and we're interjecting this lead into the atmosphere. That's a bad thing. We've been using leaded gas for a long, long time. We're not the only country that, uh, or but we can't use leaded gas in cars. What? We can't use leaded gas in cars. Why in can we this use country, airplanes? In this country, but in other countries they can. And the reason, and there's technical reasons behind that as well. But that, you're right. Natural news. This is why I can't take shit from natural news because they presented this thing as proof of chemtrails. And meanwhile, it's just, you know, the dangers of leaded gas, which is commonly known and not even news. Right. So I, I write, I, if you post anything from natural news or anybody posts, I'm going to shoot that shit down. <laughs> But see, Brad, see, I, I can find some things that are are something we can agree on, and that's something I think that should be changed. And like Dave said, you know, our country is the only country that that's held to any of these rules, but they want to make more rules for us and then not enforce rules on other countries or try to get these other we countries. Well, hold we on. Well, that, that's, that's completely untrue. Okay, explain that to me then. Well, we have long had we have a long tradition of international treaties which have an effect on the climate. For example, CFCs. Uh, you know, concerning ozone, uh, acid rain. These were done on an international, uh, level. Now, you know, each country has to, you know, set its own, the own, its own way that it goes about, uh, you know, curbing these emissions. But it, it's absolutely that. Look, the, the day after Obama's EPA announced about a week or two ago that we were going to, that they were going to set a, a goal, a requirement, a standard, whatever you want to call it, to reduce carbon emissions by 30 percent uh, by 2030, um, China came out and announced they were going to do something similar. So, you know, it, it's leadership, and, you know, somebody's got to start. Somebody's got to be the first one. And by the way, China, this is, you know, one of these talking points you hear all the time on Fox News for, you know, jackasses. Speaking of which, I hope Buzzy calls in. But anyway, <laughs> the, you know, you'll hear this all the time on Fox News where, you know, they say, oh, well, we, we can do whatever we want, but China and India, they're not going to change their emissions. Well, that's just not true. I mean, China has been kicking our ass 
when it comes to solar. They are, uh, you know, putting billions and billions excuse me, billions and billions of dollars into solar. Uh, they're making all kinds of money with it because guess where the solar panels we are now buying are coming from? Oh, China, They're building that. huge uh, solar farms. They're getting it. So, you know, when, when we sort of knee-jerk and say, uh, oh, well, you know, we can't control everything, we can't control other countries, you know, that's just kind of bullshit excuse-making, and it's really put forward by the fossil fuel companies, which I know you don't like, Sean. <laughs> you're so right. that's why it's, uh, you know, kind of odd that you're constantly doing their dirty work for them. Well, now, you said that, that uh, Obama came out and said that we were going to reduce emissions by 30%, and prior to that, China came out and said they're going to reduce theirs by 30%, correct? Well, he, no, he, China came out the next day and said, and I don't know if they said 30%, but I think they said that they were going to also make uh, begin to make emissions cuts. And I hope it's higher than 30%, because uh, 30%, it's actually 30% from 2005 levels, and we've already cut about 15% from 2005 levels. So we're really already halfway there. It's a pretty wussy goal, but let's just say it's a start, and, you know, just the idea that we are going, going to be starting finally to uh, uh, regulate the tons and tons and tons, millions and millions of tons of carbon that we're putting into the air, that's a good start, and, you know, at least we need to establish that and, and you know, get on our way with this. Listen, I don't have a problem with that. I, the only thing I would say is if they set the same goal as us, I would have to believe that, I mean, I, I guess we put out, well, they have more people. Uh, I would see that their Wait. percentage would be a, a greater, less removal than what our percentage would be. No, they have way more people than we do. Right, exactly what I mean. So they have more pollution going on. I mean, weren't they the ones that just had to have the masks and had, like, fake backdrops of the sky so they could see? Yeah, I mean, they're actually doing a, a, a full war on pollution at this point because uh, our emissions per person are much higher. Their total emissions are much higher because they've got what do they got, like 3 billion people or something, and we've got 300 million people. Right. So, uh, but per person, we, America, we, you know, are, we pollute per person more than anybody, but they just have a lot more people. Right. So they're, you know, they're going to have to do a lot, and also because they're a developing country, uh, developing countries like China and India and the much, much poorer countries, you know, they want to use cheap fossil fuel to get to where we have gotten. Um, and so that's one of the big, uh, you know, conflicts at these international uh, uh, trade, what do they call them, these international meetings, conferences, uh, you know, how do we help those poor countries sort of leapfrog, jump over the dirty uh, energy era to get to the clean energy era, and should we help pay for it since we've already benefited from it? Well, no, I don't think we should pay for it at all, for starters. I think that's up Why? to every country to deal with how they're going to do it their own, because we can't even pay for our own shit here in this country. So we, we got plenty. Well, we got plenty of money. Well, we'll just borrow it from China and then give it to another country? I mean, we no, don't we have got, plenty well, of money. No, we got plenty of money. We, we, you know, we, we waste trillions on you know all kinds of bullshit that we don't need. Meantime, sure. you know, pretending that we're protecting ourselves. Meantime, the shit that's really killing us, we don't spend any money on. So could Not you be talking mention, about maybe the wars are possibly a big problem? What's that? You talking maybe the wars are a big problem? Yeah, the wars are ridiculous. The amount of money that we spend on wars, not just the wars, but the amount of money that we spend on, you know, the military industrial intelligence society alone is ridiculous. But we lose money because 
we don't spend money to clean the atmosphere. So every, for example, every uh, dollar that we spend, that the EPA spends on regulations, we get $3 back from that. Because, you know, th- there's all these costs to this pollution. So you, you can, uh, you know, not tax carbon, you can not tax the pollution coming out of a coal plant, but who do you think pays for the millions of people who get sick from what comes out of those plants. So if we clean up those plants, then we save hundreds of millions in healthcare costs. So, you know, any, this is provable. This is data. You can look at all of this and, you know, it, it's not speculative. We don't have to guess anymore. We know this stuff. Anything that says the opposite is pure fossil fuel propaganda. It is a small collection of people trying to make themselves even richer than they already are. That's it. It is data. It is data, and we hope that they give us all that data. But you got your wish, uh, Brad. We have Buzzy on the line with you. Hey, Buzzy. Holy sweet Jesus. Brad, did you say that you you watch Fox television? Oh, I watch, actually, I don't watch, uh, I watch Fox News a lot more than I watch the Fox Network. The only time I've watched the Fox... There is some help for you, after all. (laughs) (laughs) Buzzy, I've been watching Fox, I've been watching Fox News before you even knew it existed on your dial. That's why I know they're Uh, full of shit. How old are you? Uh, Brad, how old are you? Uh, I'm pretty old. I'm old enough to remember Uh, when Fox Fox Channel didn't exist. I'm 54 years old, too, so maybe I got to beat, maybe I don't. Well, I remember when Fox News Channel didn't exist, Brad. I'm not that fucking old, Buzzy. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember, I remember when the guy who runs Fox News now, do you know what his name is? Uh, I have no idea. Murdoch. Yeah, Murdoch. Well, no, he owns, he owns, uh, News Corp, which owns Fox News. Guy who runs Fox News, guy by the name uh, of Roger Ailes. He used to be the communications director for Richard Nixon. So Roger Ailes, before he ran Fox News, he ran another news channel. Do you know what news channel Roger Ailes ran before he ran Fox News? No, I don't. Probably CNN. No, actually MSNBC. But it wasn't called MSNBC at the time. It was called America Talks. So anyway, that's how old I am. Though I'm still not 54, because that's pretty fucking old. So, Buzzy, what you question? Said you, of, you said something, of Brad. You said something about uh, cleaning up all these plants and stuff. Okay, I can understand that in a way. But why does America got to be the only ones that cleans their shit up and nobody else? Well, you might not have heard what I said because I because you were dialing in, but I preempted exactly what you just said, which is America is not the only one who's cleaning it up. China is cleaning it up. All of these countries. That's why we have these international conferences every year trying to make a deal. (laughs) Hey, they just came out and said they would, Buzzy. He said they're not cleaning shit up. Oh, okay. But he, Buzzy, you, you're just wrong because you watch Fox News. If you want, if you you know actually read information, you would find out that China has already launched a war on pollution. You would find out that the reason uh, companies like Solyndra, well, I know you know the company Solyndra because they talked about it on Fox News all the time. The reason Solyndra went out of business is because China put trillions of dollars into the solar industry in order to undercut everybody's prices on the entire planet. China is controlling solar uh, in many respects 
all across the globe. China understands the importance of, of renewable energy, and uh, after Obama uh, announced his emissions cuts, China said that they were going to make emissions cuts as well. So, I, again, I know they don't tell you on Fox News because it doesn't work well for the oil industry, and that's all that Fox News is about. <laughs> but, again, these are facts. These are truths. You can look them up. You don't have to trust me or take my word for it. Uh, what liberal websites do I look that up on? <laughs> you, you don't have to look it up on any liberal websites. You could just look up the info. You could go to the Chinese website. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You like, I really trust the Chinese. You can go to, here you go, go to Wall Street Journal. It's owned by Rupert Murdoch, who also owns uh, Fox News. Go to Wall Street Journal and see what it is they are reporting about China and their emission cuts and their war on pollution and their control of the solar industry. Wall Street Journal, you've heard of it, right? Uh, I, may, I, may, I may be wrong, but uh, wasn't there something about uh, Hong Kong was so polluted you couldn't even hardly fucking sleep? Buzz, Buzzy must correct. have been dialing, because I said that too. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's correct. Beijing and, uh, and all of who China. Owns, uh, who, who owns uh, Hong Kong? Well, uh, well, let's talk about Beijing, which is absolutely China's capital, of China, and and th that's right. That's why they are launching a war on pollution. I mean, that's what they're doing. That that good enough for I you? I will buddy? agree that uh, pollution may have some a uh, little effect on the uh, so-called global warming. Although I don't believe in global warming, it's a cycle. The Earth has been here for millions and billions of years, as far as we know. That's right. It, it has been here for billions of years, and, and it will and it still will be here. Once, once it gets tired of us, it will take us off like a flea. Yes, that's right. It's the Earth getting tired of us that's causing uh, the, the global warming. Well, you know, it could be that, Brad. You know, uh, the Earth is a living, breathing thing, wouldn't you say? Uh, no, it's not. Um, but I want to address something that Buzzy said. Go ahead. He had said that, you know, it, in through, uh, Earth's history, there were climate changes, right? Uh, vast uh, climate changes were usually caused by an event. An, uh, a volcano erupted, an asteroid hit. It usually was some event that happens. And in this time, it's man that's causing the event. Well, you know, I think uh, I, I think Scott, I think our buddy Scott Ledger would would have to say that we did have a massive event, which was the pole shifting, which could also cause some of this. Yeah, well, he. I, I think he wouldn't say that, actually. He has suggested, he has asked, could that be true? But the poles shift every X number of years. There is no evidence that it has anything to do with pole shifting or the axis of the Earth tilting or any of the or sunspots. All of these things, look, there are tens of thousands of scientists looking at these things. If they could show that it was anything but the addition of you know, millions and millions of tons of carbon into the atmosphere, those scientists would be rich beyond belief because the wealthiest companies in the world would love to show that it's not the carbon in the atmosphere. The problem is nobody has been able to show that because there is no evidence. There is only evidence so far that it is carbon. All of the other things have been ruled out. Brad, Brad can I address the pole shifting thing and how I could uh, dispel that myth right right away? Sure, absolutely. Because I never said I believed in that. I'm just saying okay. something I've heard. So, so here's the thing. Here's the logic behind the pole shifting. Because the pole shifts, 
um, the polar ice cap uh, gets more into the sun or the warm area, right? There's none of that left, I thought. I thought that all melted away. <sighs> Stop being a dick. Wait, are you talking about... There's two different things you might be talking about there. It's actually there's the, the, the pole shifting and the axis of the, the, the tilt of the axis right, right. changing. And the those, axis are, thing those, is, those are two different things. The axis thing is, was kind of what I was meaning. I'm, I'm three okay. beers deep, so I'm, I'm going to be correct on the specifics. But anyway, the, the, the thought process is that if the axis shifts... That the pole, that the ice cap is now in the sun more, therefore it melts, right? Right, that would make but sense. But everybody's forgetting that. Oh if wait, it's no, shifting sun doesn't on melt. The other side, it's getting colder, so it doesn't matter how much it shifts, the climate change stays the same. But sun doesn't melt ice anymore, Dave. That's why the ice crystals stay in the air. Remember, that's why we have these prolonged jet. They're not ice now. crystals. It's fucking vapor. <laughs> That's why they're spraying the skin trails to keep melting the ice. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I don't want to go off on that tangent. Yeah, let's 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 start uh, talking I got about. I a couple more questions. And I'll hang up for Brad. All right, go ahead. Uh, let, 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 let me just respond. That's called. Let me just respond because that's called the Milankovitch cycle when the uh, axis of the Earth uh, changes, and it does change the atm- the uh, climate, but it tends to take thousands and thousands of years to do it. Right now. Mm-hmm. What's happening is happening in decades, only since the Industrial Revolution. So it, it couldn't be the Milankovitch cycle. That has been ruled out by scientists. All right, very good. We can accept that. Go ahead, Buzzy. Okay, Brad, uh, you said it's the carbon that's causing the so-called climate change. Uh, how come Al Gore uh, is getting multi-billions of dollars, so to speak, for a uh, carbon tax? He, he's well, not. There is no carbon tax. Well, I thought you argued one time there wasn't a carbon tax. He may have argued there should. He may have argued there should be a carbon tax, and I would agree with him that there should be a carbon tax because you should not be able to pollute for free. Right now, we've got the largest companies in the world, the most profitable companies in the world. They're allowed to pollute for free. Essentially, they just dump their waste product uh, okay, into you our. Okay, all that money. Uh, okay, they do. So, you know, aren't you in the world are polluting? And uh, how do you think they're going to offshoot that uh, money they have to pay in a carbon tax to me and you? Uh, ask me that question again. I couldn't understand it. He asked you, how are they're, they going to offset? Getting for car- they're getting car- charged for carbon tax. Say they get charged for it. Well, then companies that are polluting, they're just going to get their money back by uh, charging more for their products. Okay, so, right. so then Buzzy... So, so I'm then saying you, carbon tax now. Well, that, that's right. And that's why the carbon tax, uh, which is not in place, it should be, I hope it will be someday, but uh, the discussion between Republicans and Democrats has been for a revenue-neutral carbon tax. In other words... No, uh, we don't tax them. If somebody's uh, doing all the pollution... You know, out of there. Bounce let, on the beach. Well, let's, let's see. Hold on, Buzzy. Let's see what a rev. What, I want to hear the answer that he's given here because I'm curious. Well, yeah, I mean, let me just explain how this is going to work, or at least how they okay. want it to work, which is basically uh, that any uh, tax money that, that these companies are taxed for the, uh, you know, the amount of carbon they put into the atmosphere and that money, even if they raise the price, they have to pay more taxes, etc., that money is then redistributed back to people, back to the consumers. <laughs> so if they want to... Well, you can laugh, but that's, you know, that's how it works. And so they raise the, uh, the, the taxes, and all of that money goes back to the people. So if you end up spending more per gallon for your gas, you'll get that money back at the end of the year, for example. 
Can the government ever give money back? Yeah, they would in this case because it's built into it. It would be built into law that they cannot use that money, that the government cannot use that money for revenue. It has to be returned uh, to the people. Now, let me ask you a question, Brad. This, hold on, hold on, Buzzy. This, this carbon tax, um, who is charged this carbon tax? Everybody or just business or who gets charged this tax? The, the the big polluters are are uh, so this would be you know the, the large power plants the the uh, you know few refineries and so forth they are charged it now it, like I say if they raise their prices so that it comes to the consumer okay they might but that's going to come back uh, because all of those taxes cannot be spent by the government they must be returned to the people they do this up in you know they do so, you know similar things like this for example up in Alaska. Where it's all run by Republicans up there, Buzzy. Sarah Palin was a big champion of this shit. What she would do? That's my girl right there. The money would be paid by the uh, extraction industry to the state when they, you know, took out oil and minerals and everything else. It was given to the state of Alaska, and then Alaska gives a check to everyone. Everybody who lives in Alaska gets a check each year from the government. Redistribution. A native of now, now, Brad, let me ask you that. Let me ask you this, Buzzy. I'll give you one more question. And I'm going to be done, and then we're going to go move on. But um, <clears throat> so this tax won't hit the, the the basic person then. And how is this tax preventing global warming by charging these big companies? Well, because essentially it's a market-based uh, solution of a sort. Similar, a cap-and-trade is, is similar to a market-based solution. These are all Republican ideas, by the way, okay. which, which is basically to say if you are charged more for something, you are going to do it less. So if, you know, if these uh, power plants have to pay for every uh, ton of carbon that they put out, they're going to take extra measures to try to not put out carbon because that costs them money. So that's how it is supposed to work in theory, and that's also how these you know these cap and trade things work as well. well that's how it, gun laws it, it are saves supposed to work. Takes them money to not pollute. That's how gun laws are supposed to work too, and they don't really work because the bad guys don't not list don't listen to the laws. So well, well excellent, right. excellent, excellent, excellent non sequitur. <laughs> <laughs> you you guys are overlooking one main point. All right, Buzzy, you're a truck driver, right? If you were paying for your own fuel, would you buy your fuel from a company that was charging more or less? Less, of course. Okay, so if this company that's that's getting charged uh, tax for polluting the earth, you would probably not want to buy from them because they're charging you more money because they're passing it on to you. So you'll find somebody else that's that's doing it cheaper, and this new company might come up and say they have new technology or whatever, and they they could do it without the uh, the pollution. And so that's that's a that's a free market solution. Most people are thinking that if they get taxed, that that's the only people you could buy from. You could buy from other people. Well, my biggest issue is the way that when this first got started talking about is they made it sound that you know the Alex Joneses of the world made it sound like it was going to be on all of us. Um, so I. I I have a pro I even I have a problem with with using force which I look at attacks as using force against somebody to make them change. Uh I I think and I get what you're saying though also Dave the free market idea. Uh if everybody cared about global warming then we could do that without having to have the tax because we could just go you know what we're not going to buy from these people anymore. 
Well, the problem is, is that there, you know there are people out there that don't think global warming is real. True. Yeah, well, those are those people are becoming more and more a minority. We now have a majority of Americans who say they will not vote for a politician who who uh, does not believe in man-made global warming. So, you know, the 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 largest companies in the history of mankind have been indeed have been very effective in lying to people, in hoaxing people, in tricking people. The Alex Joneses of the world have been, uh, you know, very effective in turning it into an industry to scare people, to tell them things that aren't true so that you pay them money. Uh, but, again, it, it doesn't change the science. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. The science is the science, the facts are the facts. That's a good point. All right, Buzzy, last question. Okay, last question, real quick about guns. Brad, I asked you a question here a while back on Twitter. You never did answer me back. kind of surprised me. You didn't call me a jackass, but uh, how many guns? Well, let me say it now. You're, you're, I'll, I'll say it, you're a jackass. Preemptive <laughs> jackass. I, I'm sorry I missed the opportunity before. Okay, well, thank you. How you're many welcome. guns do you think I should be able, able to own? I, I, I don't even know why is that. I, I don't even know well, what that means. I have people, think, people think you're a gun grabber, which you said over and over. You're not a gun grabber, but how many guns... Should I be able to allow to own? I, I don't see any particular reason. The, the number of guns you own isn't a particular interest to me. Well, what about if I wanted to own uh, five machine guns? It, it, five it's not the amount guns? of guns. It's the amount of bullets in the gun that he well, don't like. Machine guns are essentially uh, outlawed. They unless are illegal. A, unless you have a class well, 3 license. Well, unless you have a class 3 well, license, Buzzy, and it's a very difficult thing said, to get. That's why he said essentially. Yeah. 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 Essentially. They're, they're effectively, and this is something that even the most right wing of the Supreme Court, Antonin Scalia, has recognized as completely legitimate and not a violation of the Second Amendment. So all the people who pretend that you can't do anything for gun safety because it somehow violates your Second Amendment rights uh, are, you know, A, either full of shit, or B, they completely disagree with the most right-wing member of the, uh, of the Supreme Court. So there's all kinds of things you can you can do if we want to do it now i happen to believe in democracy and the idea that we get to you know have a government of the people by the people and for the people and the people clearly want uh you know more safety regulations in place things like background checks uh closing the gun show loophole uh we're lifting the ridiculous ban that Congress put on the CDC that says the CDC cannot even study gun deaths. They can't talk about it. They can't give us information, even though they're in charge of, you know, uh, giving us information on uh, health in America. They can't even talk about guns by law. That kind of shit is ridiculous, well, and that's the kind of shit that needs to change. That's the kind of shit that the, the majority, the vast majority of Americans, including Republicans, want to see change. What does the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, have to do with firearms? That doesn't. I, I don't even see why they would be involved with that. That's what we have the FBI for to monitor those type of things. So why would because they put out reports each year on what it is that is killing Americans and how Americans die each year. Well, and they're so no the FBI, longer though, allowed guns. to talk about the 35,000 Americans who don't enjoy the right uh, to pursue uh, life, liberty, and that happiness. That is fucking false. 
Out of those thirty-five thousand dollars, thirty-five thousand, more than half are from suicide. That was self-inflicted. Oh, well, then then that's fine. Let's have more guns, so because they're only suicides. You know, we have similar suicide rates in other countries where they don't have as many guns. And guess what? Uh, Suicide by gun is the most effective way to kill yourself. Yeah. So so what's wrong with that? Where they don't have as many guns, they don't have as many suicides. But that'll help with global warming. Uh, We'll have less people. You know, Brad? I mean, come on. All right, Buzzy, say so. I said that'll help with global warming so we'll have less people if we allow them to keep committing suicide and using guns to do it effectively. That's a great argument. Oh, hey, there you go, right? All right, Buzzy, say yeah. something nice to, uh, to Brad before I let you go. Let me say something nice about Buzzy. Okay. Because Buzzy had tweeted earlier, he said, "Hey Brad, are you coming on Sean's show? I promise I won't be a dick." I'm not going to be. Have I been right. a dick? No, and, and you haven't, and you have never been a dick. Uh, let me just say that you are not a dick. The problem with you is that you're unbelievably misinformed, and you think you're not. That's your problem. You're not a dick. You're a swell fellow. But you're just incredibly wrong and uninformed about the things I you don't think you're informed about. I don't follow Fox News as much as you think I do. I, I don't know what you follow, but it ain't follow information. He follows the way of the buzzers. <laughs> it, it ain't actual information. <laughs> All you right. should try well, uh, Brad, I actually do kind of like you. I agree with you on some things. Other things com- were complete opposites. But now, keep doing what you're doing. But watch more Fox News and uh, listen up tight. Hey, you know what? I gotta go now. See ya, Buzzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have to love Buzzy, Brad, don't you? Uh, I do love Buzzy. I, I'm, uh, which is why I bother to talk to him because it's so sad that he's so misinformed. <laughs> By the way, I, you know, I, I, for years, I spent nothing but f- watching uh, uh, Fox News, recording pretty much every show. I was raised kind of on, on Rush Limbaugh. I still listen to him all the time. So when these people pretend that they're telling me something I haven't heard, that, oh, I should turn on Fox or I should turn on Rush or Beck or Hannity, that's who I listen to. I listen to these guys all the time. That's why I know they're full of shit. I wonder you're so demented. You're listening to those crazy asses. Hey, listen. Tell me about it. Um, does the name Stephen Hayward ring a bell to you at all? Yeah, as a matter of fact. Uh, remind me who that is. Uh, he's a, he's a, a writer. Uh, he writes yeah. for the Weekly Standard. Okay. I just had an article come out on uh, June 16th. Oh, wait. <laughs> Why does that say June 16th? It, say, it says June 16th. Today's the 14th, though. And I've had this article up for two days, so I don't know why that's like is that. Is it 2014 or 2013? 2014. So, yeah, all right. Yeah, I don't so, know. Uh, so, we have to wait two days before you can read it. So have you seen this article yet at all? Does, it, does, it, does any of this ringing a bell yet? Well, his name is, but you haven't told me what the article is. So uh, the, the, the title of the article is Climate Cultists. Has the de- Desperate Global Warming Crusade Reached Its Waterloo? <laughs> no, no, I haven't read it, but what, what? Tell us what it has to say. And I'm not in front of my computer right now. I suspect, I, I think that name Stephen Hayward sounds familiar because I've probably beaten the crap out of him for being a clown. But I, I can't remember specifically what it was about. It's a very long article. It goes into the the 97 percent of all scientists agree store uh, uh, debate, uh, and it goes into some some pretty decent information. Um, as you read through it, I'm sure you won't agree with any of it. 
Uh, but some of it does, you know, it does use some facts in there. It does use some figures in there. Um, and again, it's, it's literally on the internet. It's a three page article. Uh, so I'm not right. going to go through reading the whole thing. Uh, but maybe take a peek at that and next time we get a chance to talk or maybe you can rebuttal it or something. What, what's his, what, what's his, uh, uh, what's the point? Well, the point, what's his the, argument? The argument is, is that, um, the 97% agree is really not accurate and that, oh, and that, uh, it's much less than that. Nobody can really agree on anything, and a lot of these guys have have been given their own reports to review, not knowing it's their own reports, and they disagree with it, um, and they give some figures on that information. Yeah, um, that guy's making up bullshit. Let me let me tell you where that ninety five. It's actually ninety seven and ninety five, depending on where it comes from. But this is uh, again. It's science. It's not something that's debatable, this, this uh, 95 and then 97 number. This was, uh, and there were several different studies on this. You go back, uh, and it's not people's opinion, if you go back and you look at, for example, in 2013 there was about 11,000 uh, different studies that talked about uh, global warming in various ways, okay? And of those that uh, discussed uh, global warming, all of them, except for two, said that man was responsible for global warming. So this was not like a, an opinion poll. It was not an online Fox News poll. It was not the Weekly Standard poll. These are actual studies that you yourself can go through and find out, and you can read the nearly 11,000 studies to decide if those scientists in that study chalked up uh, global warming to anthropological causes. Again, it's science. It's just numbers. It's statistics. So this guy, Stephen Hayward, who I'm sure is, you know, taking fossil fuel money to do their bidding, he can say whatever he wants, but the facts are the facts. The numbers are the numbers. You can check them independently yourself. Well, one of the things he does address in here also is how these these reports come out and they give out these best-guessed estimates where it's 1.1 to 4.8 degree increase. And, mm-hmm. and as you go through history and, and things that have gone down, it always comes down to being a, a, approximately, in the long run, it's going to be a, two, uh, a 2.1 to 2.4 degree increase. Um, that's a- right. That's averaging all of the sort of uh, the various computer models and the various predictions. Uh, the, the mean is about 2%. And by the way, there's a lot of scientists, a lot of climate scientists, who are really worried because that 2% number you, you I'm sorry, that 2 degrees Celsius number that you hear about mm-hmm. is based on a huge reduction in emissions. It's based on about a 75%, 80% reduction in emissions by the end of this century. If we do reduce carbon by 80%, then maybe we'll keep it to uh, a 2 degree rise in Celsius. So it's a really conservative number. In truth, it's likely to be much higher than two degrees, unfortunately. But, and, and that's Celsius, by the way. So that's really like four degrees uh, is uh, two degrees Celsius. Well, and another thing they go into, though, is that the models for the past 110 years, now so be it we use computers and things now, um, are giving us the same estimated increase, and it's been giving that same estimated increase for 100 years almost, based on whatever way they're doing it. Going back to, uh, who is it, our, our, I can't say his name, Arrhenius? And the chemist from 1903. I don't know if you ever looked into him. He did the first climate model. 
I, okay, I'm not sure what, what what's the question. I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, basically what I'm saying is they've been giving the same prediction, and it never really reaches that, um, and they've been doing the same thing for 110 years. Um, so that's no, the, what it the, means. The temperature, is, <laughs> the temperature is going up and up and up. And, I mean, again, not debatable. You can check the thermometers. Uh, the, the 10 of the last hottest years uh, on record while mankind has been alive uh, have been within the last 13 years. Again, these are not... You, we don't have to believe it. Yeah, you know, but Brad, there was a record snowstorm one day in the wintertime. Where's your global warming now? <laughs> I, I know, that's what they do. In my backyard, it snowed, so clearly right. there's no global warming. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. And the problem is, and this is why it's always been amazing to me, going on uh, uh, Scott's show and coming on and talking with you, you guys get it when it comes to these huge corporations who are you know, screwing uh, the country, screwing mankind with their bullshit, and yet it seems like there's no end you will go to help forward their propaganda. The, the fossil fuel companies who are trying to screw you, they are lying to you. All of this stuff is provable. And, and, and so why is it? I mean, this is what's amazing to me. Why is it that you guys go so hard, balls to the wall, to defend undefensible bullshit that's coming from the largest corporations in the world who want to screw you, who don't care if you live or die? Well, to answer that question, and, and I think my biggest thing with that <clears throat> is, I think if this was just the scientists coming out and, and talking to us and the governments weren't getting involved, I think that's one of my biggest things. Because once you involve the government, I lose almost 90% of my trust in whoever is involved with it. So it's, I, I'm very skeptical at that, at that point in time then. Well, you should be skeptical of the government. That's what I do for a living is be skeptical of them. But how do you suppose – and by the way, Exxon uh, Mobil, uh, the Exxon Mobil CEO – he says global warming is real. These guys say it's real because they know they can't avoid the science, so then they just put out, you know, they let all of these shadowy groups go out there and lie to people, and, you know, they, they, they delight in Alex Jones hoaxing his audience by calling it some sort of government conspiracy. It's not, and the oil companies know that. But if it's not the government, how, what, what is your proposal to curb uh, global warming if, if not the government? Or we should all just ask nicely uh, for ExxonMobil and BP to stop polluting? Well, no, obviously that's not going to work, um, something along those lines. But we can, you know, it, it comes down to the the technology being brought away from us and hidden from us for so long. You know, we see people that have invented cars that run on water and run on batteries or run on solar and all these different things that never get allowed to get forward and we don't always know why and a lot of times it is government intervention um, so it makes it real hard for us as people to be able to do something on our own that's easy to do that can make a difference you follow well, me you're, you're right because government is the very entity that allowed this stuff to happen how do you expect it to be the one that's actually going to fix it what has government ever fixed all kinds of shit all kinds of shit i mean Our infrastructure's you know, the, the falling of, apart the rates of black lung for coal miners has has plummeted it's by the way it started to rise again as we stopped uh 
uh, regulating these these coal companies. But thanks to government regulations and MSHA in that case, uh, you know, we made a huge difference. Millions of deaths on the highways because the government required that we add seatbelts. So the government all the time makes all kinds of changes that have vastly improved our, our uh, standard of living and our well-being and the, the length of our lives. So do you think the government should be, uh, okay, let's say government regulations on big business it requires them to put seatbelts in the car. i got no problem with that. Do you think the government should have the right to stop you and ticket you because you're not wearing your seatbelt? No, let's not go off on a tangent because, of course, you can agree with that. I don't well, think he's going it, to. It, it, look, We've done this already. Let, let me just remind you that when the uh, government required seatbelts in the cars, which you're now in favor of, as you just said, this was a huge battle. The Ford Motor Company said that they would probably have to go out of business because they couldn't afford this regulation. Now, Ford Motor Company, as it turns out, did not go out of business. They seemed to be doing fine, uh, despite the fact that they had to spend an extra, what is it, 10 or $15 on, on seatbelt, whatever the fuck it costs. Uh, they, this is what industry does all the time. Mm-hmm. They did this over asbestos. They did this, you know, over benzene. They did this over CFCs. They always pretend that this is going to put them out of business. They always pretend that it's going to be bad for poor people because we're going to have to raise the price. Well, throughout all of these regulations, we have fixed many of these problems, and at the same time, our economy and our standard of living has gone up and up and up and up and up. Now, that's until the, you know, the last uh, 30 years or so for different reasons, but in general, uh, they always say this. They're always lying. They're always wrong. These regulations actually improve our standard of living and boost the economy. They don't hurt the economy. Okay. I'll accept that. So you didn't answer my question, though, Brad. What was it? <laughs> Should a cop be able to pull you over and ticket you for not wearing your seatbelt? Uh, yeah, I guess so. If it, sure, it's the, if it's the law to wear it, why, sure, why not? Why should that be a law, though? Why should that be a law? Yeah. Why, why, why can't I choose to do what I want to do with my own body? Who am I oh, hurting well, by not wearing my seatbelt? Okay, well, fair enough question, and that's why we have a government of the people, by the people, for the people. You should run for office, and you should make that case that I'm running for office because I want to do away with seatbelt laws. And that's fine. You can make that case. And, again, it doesn't matter what I think. I say that all the time, and I guess you guys don't believe me. Uh, What pisses me off, for example, about the gun debate is not what is allowed and what isn't. It's the fact that the arms industry has so played uh, this country and the people who are you know, in power in government in this country that they won't even have a vote on the thing that 80% of the people want to happen. I think that's obscene. If 80% of the people, if they put it up for a vote and you know, the country via their representatives say, no, no, we want more guns, we don't want to have any restrictions whatsoever, we don't want the CDC or anybody else ever to say out loud that anybody was killed with a gun, if that's what the country wants, all right, so be it. But we, we're not allowed to have that vote. Don't you think that's obscene, Sean? I think that is obscene. Here, here's another one for you. Why can't we vote on how to handle the climate problem? We, we do vote on it. No, the people. Put it all on the ballot. Do, should we should we do this to prevent climate? You know, why, let's put that yeah, out we, to the people. We, no, we, we do do that in, in uh, many uh, places, actually. Uh, and, and we did it, for example, out here in California, where we decided we wanted much more um, 
uh, regulations. Uh, and, and that was, remember back in the 90s, the electric car? You can go look at the movie Who Killed the Electric Car? They were wildly popular back in the 90s, the EV1, out here in California, all over the state. We had signs for, you know, charging stations here and there. Everybody loved them. Uh, and then uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger came into office, and he challenged this uh, this entire uh, California structure for, for uh, emissions that had led to the electric cars, took it to George W. Bush, the Bush administration sued and said, no, California cannot set more stringent standards uh, for emissions than the federal government. In other words, George W. Bush and the Republicans who pretend to be about states' rights, they're not about states' rights. They're conning you. They're only in favor of states' rights when they want to make sure that, uh, you know, the states do something that the federal government doesn't want to do. But when, in this case, when the state wanted to do something the federal government didn't want, they went and stopped them. And that's what killed the electric car. And that's a problem. That's a problem, in my, my opinion. Yeah, it is a fucking problem. And people should be able to vote on those things, and they are able to vote on those things. But you see, if I live in, uh, Missouri, and Missouri votes that, oh, we want to cut emissions by 50%, but the assholes who run Coke Industries are in Kansas, and they're putting out all kinds of uh, bullshit into the air. There's no big wall at the border between Missouri and Kansas. Everything they burn in Kansas shows up in Missouri. So you got to have a federal government. You have to have a larger body than the states to decide these things. I can accept that thought process. I don't agree with it, but I can accept that thought process. How can you do? What do, would you disagree with about it? How can you disagree with it? I just don't like the federal government, Brad. <laughs> it really I, comes I down dis- to me being stubborn. So I disagree with the concept of fifty-one percent of the people get to tell what the other forty-nine percent of the people get to do. And that's what that's I have. That's what I have a problem with. Yeah, but you were supposed to move to Belize or some shit by now, weren't you? <laughs> Honduras. Yeah, I'm working on it. Oh, that's the first time tonight, Dave. Oh, no, it's not. No, Honduras? Honduras. You're going to Honduras? That's what he keeps saying, yeah. Honduras was the first country, but I, I have other. I have eyes on somewhere else. That's because you think there's more freedom in Honduras? They don't take... There, there's no cops shooting dogs by accident, innocent bystanders, because they pay for their own ammo, by the way. There's no seatbelt laws. There's no helmet laws. There's just less laws... Uh, more freedom. Don't we have roaming bands of uh, militias? Uh, we have that here too. Murdering people. We have Africa. that here too. But and that's and that's only in the two big cities, San Paulo Sulu and Tegucigalpa. Oh, that's like okay. saying well, if it's only in those two big cities. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, remember remember New York in the eighties because you know you were there. Remember how bad shit was. But you know, not a hundred miles out of out of New York City, it was fine. So you can't uh, you can't yeah. say that the whole country is bad because of two big cities. Actually, I'm not. I, I don't know Honduras very well, and I wish you the best of luck there. But, uh, you know, I, I think America's great, and, and uh, I think the fact that we can come on here and talk about how fucked up America is is one of the great things about America. Although I'm still saying, I scratch my head uh, trying to figure out how Sean thinks that states ought to be able to decide for themselves how much they emit, and yet you know emissions well, have no state boundaries so it makes it, no sense 
Well, in a true free market system, the neighboring state, because Texas is actually a pretty good polluter, and the neighboring states could actually sue the companies in Texas saying, hey, listen, your pollution's coming over here, you should pay for this, and, you know, win in a court of law. But that just isn't which allowed to done, happen. Which, no, which, which we have done, and that's how we came to forming the EPA. Mm, that's an yeah, and, and, and the EPA, look, big government... Uh, thing. Now, I used to work, in, one of the things I did in New York was I drove a truck, and I, work, I drove a, a hazardous material truck. Yeah, those guys don't know shit. And that's another big problem, though, Brad, is is a lot of these, and you know this as well as I do, a lot of these, these alphabet organizations we have, and the big companies that we're trying to fight against are constantly rotating between the big company and the, the, the department that's supposed to be regulating that big company. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely right. That's fucked up. We should fix it. Yeah. And how do we fix that? That's also, by the way, why we don't have a vote on uh, on on gun regulations because it's owned by the arms industry. So, no, because the Second I mean, Amendment says Congress shall make no law. You guys going to go on this one again? I'm uh, trying. Yeah, I really, you, I tried you really hard really to avoid don't it. Don't want to get uh, on this uh, part because right. it's already been determined that Congress should make no law concerning a well-regulated militia and No, so no, 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 no. Your English is very bad, and we're not going to go over that again. Yeah. All right. You're welcome. By the way, why? where's where's Lexi? I only came on here to talk to Lexi. But every time <laughs> you I should see her, the look on her goes. face. <laughs> that was priceless. She's here. Say hi, honey. Hi, Brad. You have been here the whole goddamn time and the haven't said one word? The whole goddamn time I have been here. <laughs> how are you, honey? Good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm so much happier to talk to you than those other jackasses. I can't believe you didn't ring in on this conversation. Oh, really? That's that. Well, you don't know me that well. <laughs> she loves. Did you, I Brad. say any? Did I say anything all night that you disagreed with, or you, you're on board? That's why you didn't talk because you're on board 100 percent with everything I had to say. I'm guessing that is absolutely false. <laughs> Well, what? nope. What? She doesn't like to argue with you, Brad. She's not a big arguer. Yeah. Yeah. She stresses when she argues. I don't get it. I I love arguing. Yeah. Obviously, I talk to you all the time on Twitter. And yeah, what are we going to do on Thursdays? Are we just going to fight back and forth on Twitter for fun on Thursdays now? I, you know, I may finally get some goddamn work done on Thursdays. So that's <laughs> the only upside here. Other than that, uh, terrible, uh, horrible, uh, sad news about uh, Scott Ledger and the uh, Dangerous Conversations, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, you know, it's not going to go away permanently. I'm sure he'll find a home or figure out a way. Um, so we'll just have to really? sit tight. Yeah, I think so. I, I really do think he will. Yeah, yeah, doing internet radio to... is not all that difficult. Okay. <laughs> What's that? I said doing internet radio is not all that difficult to yeah, set up and get going. It's really not. Well, he'll figure it out, I'm sure. Uh, the uh, somebody had said because I I didn't hear the show I only started hearing about it via internet and I still haven't talked to Scott to get any of the details. But somebody had said it, 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 he's still going to have a Friday show. Is that is it like is he doing something once a week or do you, do you it's possible? It's possible he'll be doing a once a week Friday show. Uh, nothing is really in stone yet. It was kind of just kind of left out. Nobody really knows much at least on this end of it. Uh, I'm sure he's been working on figuring it out. Um, but yeah, he said something about possibly doing a four-hour fr- show on Friday, and they've been offered, and that's the thing. This is why I'm saying we still might see from him because they've been offered the, the server space. But the problem is, he's no longer a paid employee, and he needs to have money to live. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. Yeah, I think they're just giving him a reach around. Yeah. Who knows? You know. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I said a little bit, uh, you know, on Twitter about this. Uh, Scott is uh, one of the finest radio professionals I have ever uh, worked with, have ever heard. He is absolutely tremendous at what he does. It's a great loss, I think, to everyone. And listen, as you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, Scott and I go back and forth on, you know, completely disagreeing about, you know, week after week. Uh, but he's tremendous at what he does. He does really good radio. It's an art that is uh, really hard to, uh, to come across as, you know, the airwaves have been completely taken over by corporations uh, who are, you know, basically pounding their own interests on, on one side on our public airwaves. And where you can find something that's a non-corporate message on our public airwaves, you know, it tends to be like NPR or even Pacifica Radio, which I happen to be on, which... You know, may have information, but it's not necessarily the same thing as good radio. It's not and compelling. Scott Ledger understood what understands. He's not dead. <laughs> he understands uh, what is good radio, and I think that's why he's uh, you know got so many people of you know varying politics and, and various thinking listening to him. I just. I, I, I'm terribly sad uh, to not uh, be uh, having it out with him every Thursday. I do hope he, he finds somewhere else to go and that, that we can keep keep up doing that. I'm sure. I'm sure it will. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, Brad. I have not listened to a terrestrial radio station and God knows. I couldn't even tell you, really, how long it's been. I don't listen to terrestrial at all. It's boring. It's it's lackluster. It's repetitive. Um, so I don't even know how it's going to continue to to thrive once internet hits the cars and, and is more accessible. Well, you know, that itself is a crime because the fact is America, the people, we the people own those public airwaves and we've turned them over to corporations to put out complete and utter bullshit. It's still the way that most people get their news, quote unquote news, or let's just call it information every day, driving to and from work. You know, if you look at the the the, the ratings, for example, for Sean Hannity, Sean Hannity's ratings on the radio absolutely dwarf his numbers on Fox News. Radio is like our national parks, and the government should be protecting them to assure that they are used for the public interest. And right now, they're used only for the corporate interest. The FCC has completely failed in its job. Uh, and, you know, it, it is essentially just, you know, the corporations using our public commons for their interest, not for yours. And I, I just think that's appalling and obscene. Scott should be on every fucking uh, you know, radio dial going to and from work. He, he's that good, and the fact that he's not on terrestrial, I think it's a crime. I, I don't think it's anything to celebrate, frankly. Well, they don't want him on terrestrial because he talks about 9-11 and, and different things like that as part of his problem with terrestrial. You know, he, good. You know, that's, that's why they don't want him. Again, going to exactly what you said, controlling yeah. the message. Well, and that's and that's what I'm saying. That's a crime. The 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 idea that you know the interests are not. The, it's not about the people's interests. It's about the corporate interests, which might be fine, frankly, on internet radio because internet is essentially you know private. It's not limited. You can uh, run as many internet streams as you want. But when it comes to the public bandwidth, there's only so much of it you know floating around the air, and that's why we had an FCC to 
to sort of divvy it up to make sure it was used fairly. We used to call it the fairness doctrine. Ronald Reagan came in and did away with the fairness doctrine. Then Bill Clinton came in and gave uh, you know all of the bandwidth over to about five separate companies who completely control the message now. And I know that people say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't matter. We've got the Internet now. Well, bullshit. People are still listening to the terrestrial uh, radio. And that's why they're so misinformed, disinformed, because that's what they listen to every day going to and from work. And it's, well, in, it's, it's in, a fucking crime. In, in honor of uh, Scott, I will say fuck the FCC for him. Uh, just, you know, just wanted to get that out there for him. Uh, and Good. I lost my point I wanted to make, though. Damn it. Um, but you hate when that happens. A point is there, and you're ready to go with it, and it just goes right away. Because it, it happens to me all the time. I hate when that fucking happens, especially after I start uh, start smoking pot. Yeah, which well, I just Lexi, did. Don't you agree with everything I just said about the FCC? What? Absolutely. Uh, well, you, yes, you I do. Money? You do. Well, isn't okay. it isn't it funny though, Brad? As you said that, you bring up a good point that we see. Um, one president does a bunch of things to set the next president up to, to, to do a bunch of things that are going to help the corporations that were being regulated or, or held back by the rules that the one president eliminated. And then they bring them, the next one comes in and makes it better for those private corporations or for those businesses. Right. And this, and this is the entity that he wants to fix global warming. Right. So I'm, that's, the, there's my problem. It's, well, no, it, it, listen, that's why I asked you, uh, if not the government, then who? Because if there's somebody who you think would be better and more effective at it, I'm all for it. Well, see, part of the problem is... that body is. See, part of the problem is government is also in control of everything, such as the courts and, you know, uh, let's say, you know, when, remember when the BP oil spill happened? You know, their liability was capped at, what, $50,000 or something ridiculously low price? So, of course, they do these things because the government sets their liabilities. The government protects all that shit from every angle. I think it was and 80 million, problem. Dave, just for the record. What? I think it was like 80 million that the cap Whatever. Said, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, you yeah, said fifty thousand is a big difference. I was being there. facetious about fifty thousand dollars. It was ridiculously low. Um, hey, no, the, uh, the, listen, the government is both you. the problem and the solution, and Do, unfortunately. And, and don't I can't you see that? Who was, who's, what's that? that? That's an illogical. I mean, it's it's a true statement, but it's illogical for you to say that we should do this same broken entity is the one that we need to get fixed. This other broken thing. Well, I'm there's got to be uh, there's got to be a way. body if you can come up with it. But you know, it, I, and I can't remember who said it that you know democracy is the absolute worst form of government except for all of the others, and that's kind of true. So yeah, it it is a problem. But we have actually a pretty smart government, a pretty smart I mean, a smart structure, governmental structure in our constitution in that we can change it. It's built in there to, to let us change it. And and we can, and by the way, we do. So to say, and I know that it just, just might not sound logical to you, but the fact is, yeah, a whole, whole lot of shit that we have done in this, in this country has been for the good and has been thanks to government. You know, that's just a fact, even at the same time that government fucks up a lot of stuff and government is getting, by the way, worse and worse. But but government makes these monopolies. Let's just say the roads, because that's always the big libertarian thing is who will be who will build the roads? Who's going to build the roads? Right. And I enjoy the roads. I just drove to Vermont and back, you know, Mm -hmm. and I love that fact that I can go that whole way uh, Mm -hmm. instead of flying now. 
But yeah. they built the monopoly to, to do because you couldn't start, you couldn't do your own road in the early 1900s. You could like one of the roads that's out by me or in Long Island, Vanderbilt Motor Parkway, was built by Vanderbilt because he wanted to go out east and he was a car f- buff, so he built this road himself. It was a private road. And there's plenty of places where private roads have been uh, successful. So there are. Well, what well, my we, point we is. Yeah, we do that all the time. We did that with the uh, with the railroads. We said, okay, you guys build. We'll give you the land uh, if as long as you build the railroads. And you know, they and this is where the term you know getting railroaded comes from because they were given all this land and they usurped all of this land that was owned by other people. But the upside was we had the intercontinental railroad. Same thing with the highway system. Same thing with the phone company. By the way, we gave a, a monopoly to AT and T in exchange for their promise that they would make sure that every citizen in the entire company uh, in the entire country was hooked into the phone company and you know could could make calls so it is decidedly imperfect but i think if we have a choice in the end you know what's worse a country where you know half the country can't communicate with the other half or where we give away this monopoly for a time uh, in exchange for this service to every citizen in the country. Well, wouldn't it, wouldn't it get there eventually, though, if private business was allowed to just handle it on its own and slowly build it instead of... I mean, I guess they were trying to rush it along, and is, maybe we shouldn't have rushed it along. Maybe we should have just allowed it to develop as it needed to. Well, look at other... Well, we don't have to guess at that. We can look at other countries that did not do that, where they still don't have power all day long, 24-7. They still don't have water, clean water. You know, forget about fucking phone service and Internet. Are you crazy? They don't, these people don't have water and power. So we, we, you know, we can speculate wouldn't have gotten there eventually, but we don't need to speculate. We can look at other countries and say, no, it doesn't get there eventually. It doesn't get there unless you have a government that says, yes, this is what we want. We, the people, want to make sure that everybody has water, clean water and power. All right, and so we've dropped that ball since by saying, okay, you know, the whole thing about clean water, mm, water is good enough. It doesn't have to be clean. But You can clean that you in know. your house. Well, no, no. Well, Honduras has a solution for this. Actually, you know, it's all of Central or all of Latin America, but there's a solution for the no water thing. Is they all have these 500 gallon cisterns? It's a common thing. You can go, you can go check out pictures and you see these, you know, 500 gallon cisterns on top of their houses or underground, and it's rainwater, and it goes through then pipes to the house. They made a solution, and these are poor people that are doing this. The electricity they don't give a shit because is full of toxic acid rain uh sean's theory would be that well i just sit around and wait for the state of florida to sue the state of texas and maybe someday i'll have i did not say the state of florida i said the people in florida like let's say i own property and my river that's over there is becoming polluted from the uh corporation that's you know across the the border i should be able to sue them not not government to government well, you person are. Person. You, you, you already are. The problem is when you do it that way, uh, you know, I have to wait for my, uh, you know, my family to die, and then I can go to court and say, hey, you killed my family. I think there's a better way, which is to put these standards in place beforehand so I don't have to wait for my family to die. Well, see, but the <laughs> problem is, Brad, we see it with fracking. We see it with that big spill in Virginia. 
Uh, it doesn't. The regulations don't matter. They're, 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 they still do it. It goes back to what I said about you can make all the gun laws you want. Bad guys are still going to have guns. You well, we didn't <laughs> right. always do it. We didn't always do it. And with fracking, it was because we decided we didn't want the government to intervene. They were given under Dick Cheney. Uh, they were given the Halliburton exemption when it came to fracking and, and the Clean Water Bill. They said everybody has to follow the, the Clean Water Act except for fracking companies. They don't have to follow it. They don't have to tell us what's in it. This is a case where the government didn't take action, and that seems to be what you're complaining about. Because the government, government in the money, because government people within the government are associated with the big business that's doing the the project. Because no, it's because the individual cannot sue successfully sue the company because of the other protections that the government offers uh, corporations. It's like doctors and vaccines. You know, we don't vaccinate our child. And well, no, the individual can. The individual can sue, but you know, if it's contest of my lawyers versus Exxon Mobil's lawyers, who who do you think is going to win that one? I can't here. I can't sue the guy who made the decision to frack in my area and cause all this shit to happen. He's got corporate uh, and um what's the one I'm looking for? He's got corporate protection. Immunity protection. Immunity, right. Because right. And I've had a couple of LLCs, so I understand that, you know, when I go into business, I'm not David Cunningham anymore. I am, you know, the corporation I you know, I am now this new entity. And, you know, it's that entity that uh you know, fucked up your car or whatever, you can't sue me. Well, actually, you can. There are, and there are lawsuits that are going forward. Look, it, it's not easy. It's not like you can flip a switch. Nobody said the shit was going to be easy. Nobody is saying, you know, democracy rocks. It's it's perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. But again, until you can, you know, offer up a, an alternate solution, uh, it, it may did. suck, but <laughs> it's the best thing we got. No, you didn't. Uh, you said, you know, phone service would have gotten there eventually. It wouldn't. We know that it wouldn't. No, he's talking about the suing. He's talking about the suing. That was Dave that said that. No, no, no. Even even communications would have happened. You know? When I was a young kid, the guy next to me was my friend. We we got these telephones and ran cable out the window into his place. We used to use the camera. What are you talking about? Exactly. Cups and string. That would have been good. Right. We'll go back to that. That's because I'm fucking eight years old. (laughs) Today, I would not do that. And look at today. You today you appreciate the fact that you can call absolutely anybody in the entire country. Well, I don't have a house phone, so I don't see how that'll help me. I have a cell phone. Is that still the same, or is that different now? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. It was the government who allowed all of these cell phone companies to to proliferate. Who you know who forced uh, cell towers everywhere and so forth, and who funded, by the way. Uh, you know, much of the research that has brought us to having this uh, uh, cell system and the Internet, by the way. Yeah, they always have this technology well before we do. I can't wait to see what they have in the uh, in the background right now that they're using, that they're going to give to us in 10 years, just like GPS happened. Uh, yeah, well, you're right. GPS was also uh, done by the government, and then they and then they open sourced it. Speaking of open source, by the way, did you guys see what Elon Musk did this week? Yes, I did. I love that man. I didn't. So right? what was it? He released all <laughs> his patents. Him. Oh, really? Yeah. No, he didn't sell them. He gave them away. Right. Yeah, hmm. that's what he released released him. He said, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, uh, he really. Yeah, he, he said anybody who wants to use this technology. He also, by the way, said, uh, you know, I I want everybody in the in the world to drive an electric car. Therefore, if they want our fucking awesome technology, they can use it. We won't sue them. But even if everybody in the world goes to an electric car, it still won't be enough to stop global warming. He pointed out. It's it kind of so, sounds like nothing can stop global warming except for all the humans dying, Brad. I mean, that's really the way these people make it out. The sound, you know, we 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 that's we kind of correct. We've that's, been we that's were, actually correct. We've yeah. been reducing emission for the past twenty years, as far as I can tell. I mean, all the cars. No, no. Hold on, all the hold on, all the cars have been you know made to have these hot. Tell me, higher gas mileage doesn't help reduce emissions. It does. So. You know, we, we've seen all these things go on and go on and go on, and there's always something else that's good. Oh, we can't, you know, we're just, uh, that's not going to be enough. It's just, we're never going to, that's not enough. Oh, we got to get rid of CFCs. Oh, that's not enough. It's, it's just, it never ends, Brad. It's, it's never well, CFCs enough. CFCs wasn't about global warming. CFCs was about the, uh, about oh, the ozone layer. Which they uh, said which was going to cause global warming. Wouldn't, wouldn't that have helped cause global warming? Isn't that what they it, said it, back it then? It kind of would have helped global frying. And, that's exactly you know, well, if you're going to fry, you got to warm first, don't you? But yeah, no, the, you hit on something, which is, yeah, we're fucked. And that's why this is important. And that's why mitigating what's going to happen, that's why keeping it to just a two uh, degrees Celsius rise by the end of the century is so important. And by the way, I think so impossible. I think we're really, really fucked. You said where you live, because I looked it up on the map and I checked, uh, I checked it against the science, and your house will be gone. But you said you don't own it; you rent, so you're okay, right? Yeah, I'll have my houseboat by then, so I won't worry about it. Yeah, I, I would get one of those, and uh, <laughs> although they're going to be pretty rough seas, but no, we're, we're really screwed, and we're fucking around, and we're listening to uh, you know con men like AJ. Uh, telling us this is all about, you know, lining Al Gore's pocket and whatever other bullshit that they're hoaxing people with. Uh, this is a very serious issue. I think we should give a shit about it and stop pretending that it's, uh, uh, you know, Al Gore and chemtrails that are, that are doing it. I think this is serious. All right. Well, we're getting up to the end of the show here. What I do want to say to that last comment, not the, not the Al Gore chemtrail thing, but, you know, if, if we are fucked and it's over and, you know, there's nothing we can do to stop it, if I was on a boat that was sailing, you know, straight into a, in a whirlpool and there was no way to stop it, you know what I'd do? I'd party my ass off and just have fun. So maybe we should just live life and let it, let the fucking dice land where they lay. Yeah, well, you, you've got kids. You'll have to pass that message on to your kids and your grandkids and tell them how much fun you had while they're fucking struggling to, uh, survive because of what you left them. <laughs> I know, I hear you, Brad. Alright, Brad, where can everybody find you? Not that they don't already know, but let's go ahead and give it out again. Uh, they can always, well, they don't know, cause, uh, you know, I, I'm not even on on Thursdays anymore. You can find me at bradblog.com. You can find me on the Twitters at the Bradblog. You can hear actual facts with actual information at uh, the Green News Report, which is greennews.bradblog.com. And uh, thank you for having me. Always, always great to talk to you and Dave, and especially Lexi. <laughs> she loves talking to you. And, and Brad, listen, if uh, you know you're not on until DC figures out or whatever, if you ever have anything important, 
uh, that you want out. Obviously, I'll reach out to you every few months and see if you want to come on. But if you ever have something that you know is really scratching your balls and you want to get off, uh, <laughs> let me know and we'll help you out. That's a lovely way to put it. Thank you very much. And uh, before you hold on, way, one of these times I want to I want to come back and I just 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 Lexi and I. On the radio. Uh, oh, we'll work that one oh, out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, Brad. Real fast. I have something I want to play for you before you go. Okay. Can you identify this man? Hey, we can't hear it, Dave. I can't, can't hear, hear it. Man. Your your next minus is down. But he heard it, didn't he? No. No. Can't hear Negative it. Negative man. <laughs> yeah, that guy. He's good. I like him. <laughs> hold on. I got more. Hold on. I got more. Oh boy, what a stinker! <laughs> well, maybe it's about time that I brought a little bit of sunshine into my life. Yeah. Well, ain't that the beast can be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love that guy, you, Brad. That guy's one talented motherfucker, <laughs> and uh, you know, aren't we lucky? Here, even just a few minutes of him on a Saturday night. <laughs> Thank God that man is alive, I'll tell you. <laughs> All right, Brad, you have a good night. Thanks for giving us a call, brother. All right, Kat. Take care, man. Great talking to you. You Bye-bye. too. Peace. <laughs> there goes Mr. Friedman. Always fun to talk with him. <laughs> I was, it just I was, made me feel so much better. I was fucking biting my lip the whole time with the guns. I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I know. I thought you guys talked it, about that, it. didn't you? What? I thought you guys went over that once already. Or twice. <laughs> okay. Or 12. Right. 12. 15 times through through Twitter on, you know, when you listen to him on uh, Dangerous Conversation. When you hey, did. can you shut down the other ch- channel? Oh, it, yeah. Sorry. It's killing me. Sorry, sorry. we got to figure that out, too. I think I need a new board. Uh, excuse me. I think this, the, the beer spill from Razfest last year is, is, is starting to take its toll. Chris is already testing, or texting me about uh, getting off the air already. Let's, let's kind of do it on time. Oh, tell him to shut up. And he you know what? I'm going to go till 6 in the morning now, Chris. You ready for that one? I'm going to go till 6 in the morning. I'm a little high, a little drunk. I'm getting off. I got this. uh, He also (laughs) is telling me to remind you to put on the Burke Brigade page. Yes, I will. I got it, Shifty. We're going to be signing off now. I want to thank everybody for listening to the first 52 tonight. Honey, do you have any last words before we go? Good evening. (laughs) That would be good night. No. That's it. Okay, good good All right, that's fine. Dave, any last words? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that your last word? <laughs> Hold on. Fight. <laughs> Negative man. That is. You know what? I need that for whenever he's on and he's being real negative. We gotta put something together. Yeah, we'll have to do something. Uh, hey, listen, because there there are Make far more talented. <laughs> right, there are far more talented people out out there on this station that could cut audio. Uh, I will give you the audio that I was able to grab, and that's those four clips. All right, that's cool. Available to anybody to do whatever they can do. All right. Anything else, dude? Very good. And with that, I want to thank everybody for listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. Tomorrow we've got, what do we got tomorrow? We got Therapeutic Release. They got Adam Armstrong from Rebel Link joining them. Uh, Scotty from St. Louis. He is uh, 2 to 5. Therapeutic Release, 5 to 7. And then Kevin Harris with Weekend Review, 7 to 11, I think. 7 to 10. Something like that. 7 to 10. So I know we had a lot of I know we had a lot of new listeners. Uh, you know, you guys check out the website. The schedule's up there. It's up to date. 
And I'll be uh, trying to keep fresh on all the replays and stuff. So I know everybody's gonna be looking for new stuff to uh, to listen to. Right, we gotta fill a void. If there are people out there that are thinking to get a, a radio show that got time during the day, let us know. Give us a call. Yep, yeah. exactly. All right. Well, you know, with that, guys, we will talk to you next week. You have a great week. Be safe. Be good. We love you. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused Just trying to get through in this world Always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes But it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake When I'm risking it all with no time to waste Fuck this red race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination space With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO, lost in the glow of the unknown. Please don't go. And I don't know how I got here or how I'm getting home But right from day one, I've been in this alone With odds stacked against, I've been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me, Ali, don't ever look back Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death This is a test, just a frequency check for intelligent life, now it's time to connect. It's an SOS, the death's been sent. So now we just wait and hope for the best. With the sunset hung behind us, and the universe to blind us from the moon, we'll watch the whole world explode. Moving free, unguided through the beautiful asylum with the light show from a passing UFO Lost in the glow of the
kindness In the universe divine That's from the moon We'll watch the whole world explode Moving free and guided Through the beautiful The silent when the light show From a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the Love you guys so much. Thanks. The first 52 is the bomb diggity. Hey, there she is. She wants to put